Welcome to Empirical Peapod. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it. If you could please subscribe, follow, share, like, comment, whatever the hell happens when we do these things. I'm your host, Tim Day. Let's get to the show. Luckily, yeah, his litter box is behind you. Luckily, he, he took a to shit by. right before you got here. I was like, oh. He's going to have to talk to me then, because <laughs> I'm blocking his toilet. <laughs> All right, we are live now. Uh, where the hell are Oh, we're in Ottawa. Yes, yes we are. <laughs> with Liz Reidiger, which is insane just to even catch you in Illinois. I feel like it's a secret. Which is definitely the way to, to travel. A little bit. Yeah, yeah. not intentional <laughs> secret, but yeah, I guess. Just come in and do my thing and get out. <laughs> yeah, what, what brought you guys to Illinois particularly? Just to see some people? Or? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm very close to my family, my parents, and my niece and my nephew. And then Ronnie is not as close to his family. Right. He's close to them, but he's uh, not as needy with them, I guess you could say. Yeah. But he, like, you know, we were talking about before we started, he hasn't been here in like five or six years. So his was definitely overdue. So, yeah. yeah, that's a long time. And then we had just, just this, like, empty month in between, like, we were in Arizona, and then at the beginning of September, we have to be in Denver, so it was just, like, this empty space in which we were going to go back to Mexico, but we are like, we'll put the work in. <laughs> now, in case, uh, I don't want to dig too much, because we'll we're going to come <laughs> back to this, we're Tarantinoing it now, we're starting at the end, and we'll work our way to the beginning. Uh, when you say we have to be in Denver, what does that mean? Like for what? Um, for work. There's a gem oh, okay. show in Denver. Oh, okay. The so second biggest the, gem oh, show, oh, yeah, okay. in the U.S. is in Denver. Oh, that's that's awesome, actually. I actually kind of hate it there, but <laughs> like, well, the stuffiness and kind of the pretension of Denver. It's beautiful yeah. there. Yeah, I mean, once you get out of the city, it's yeah. it's cool and stuff. Um, yeah, because like, I don't hate it as much anymore. Actually. Jay lives out there, but he lives in like by Longmont, where it's uh-huh. way far away from the two big cities. Yeah, and it feels like oh, these are where the normal people are. Right, and it right. smells a lot less pretentious. <laughs> yes, I, I get that. Uh, but let's we can start at the beginning. Let's because you went to high school with us. Um, you're a little older. Yes and no. Yes and no. I okay. So oh, actually, first I have to do. What I do, which is be a little controlling, hijack your podcast oh, for a moment. a power struggle again. I have. <laughs> Nobody is, is uh, surprised right now. Um, <laughs> Just me. I have two things that I want to say. First of all, obviously, thank you for asking me to do this. Um, thank you for doing it. Appreciate it. I think that it is really cool of you to ask me because, I mean, we haven't talked in like, I don't know, 10, 12 years. Yeah. Like, literally, I mean, I have a shitty memory. I've paid but, attention um, just via social stuff, like what you yeah. you're doing incredible things that we're going to talk about. But yeah, like we, I don't think that we've talked since like we lived in Boulder Hill and moved yeah. away. Like, I think we, last time we ago. talked was that like a yoga thing, okay. and I haven't done that. I don't know if you could tell I haven't done that in a long time. <laughs> this is my little depression touch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's been a super, super long time, and um, I feel like, and... 
calling myself out here. Like, I wasn't even following you on social media. Oh, <laughs> so I, like, I did the, the little this. guilt, like, follow request after, <laughs> you know, we had talked about this. I'm like, oh, shit, my bad. Um, but in my defense, my, um, my Instagram, which is what I use for social media, it was a work Instagram, so <laughs> I don't do a lot of personal <laughs> When I messaged you, I was actually like, oh, this might be her work one anyway. And I'm like, I don't know if I even have There's actually my one. personal one now. Um, which is why I took so long to respond yeah. because it's like the one that I can get away with like not being totally on top of all the time. So yeah, yeah it took me forever. Enough to for nothing, like back. people were like, "Hey, if you want her number, I can give you her number." And I'm like, Are "You?" I was weird about it because I'm like, "If she gives me her number, great, I'll text her." Yeah, but I don't want somebody else to. <laughs> you would have definitely had to been like, "Hello, this is <laughs> yeah. Tim." You get those people that are like, "Hey, what's up? How are <laughs> yeah. you?" And I'm like, "I am never responding to you because <laughs> no." Especially because I have a tendency to just break the ice on text with just saying yo. Yeah. And nobody's going to respond to that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. So I just want to say thank you for asking me because I'm not like, at least, you know, well, I'm going to say it. I don't consider I'm not like a part of the circle anymore. So I feel like that's very, if there, this is a word, unegotistical of you to just reach out and yeah. be human, which brings me to my second point. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, I, I just, I love this. I love the intention. Um, like I said to you in our message, like, I love that it is so simplistic, but so complex at the same time. Um, we are like, we have like people, we're, we're, we have so much going on and you normally just see the surface. And even if like for, I feel like for a lot of us, we may only know each other from like parties or, or whatever. And that's not who we are. And I feel like you can, it's very easy to just make a judgment throughout our whole, you know, high school years or 20s to where yeah. we're just like going to parties or going to bars and you just see that surface of that person. Yeah. And um, this is just like so enriching, like you learn so much. And I already told you, but um, when you reached out to me, I and sent the link for your podcast and I was like, yeah, let me check it out. And the person that you had just um, had on was Annie. And I had never gotten to know Annie. Again, mm-hmm. I, like, I had known her from like being at parties yeah, or you whatever. Yeah, see her around town and stuff, right? So it was like so beautiful, really, to me yeah. to be like, to get to know this person that otherwise I never would have. And I just, I love it. It's so pure and, but so deep. <laughs> and um, something that... Like, I have a little bit of big mouth on my social media. I have, like, you know, a bunch of stupid followers and stuff. <laughs> I love you, followers. And, um, Don't leave. And, it, and, um, I just, especially over the last few years, you know, when people are like butting heads and all these different opinions are coming out. And I just like talked a lot about like humanizing each other. Yeah. And we tend to not do that, period. But we definitely tend to not do that over social media. Sure. Um, and we're just like digital relationships. Yeah. And this type of idea that you're doing humanizes all of us to each other. And that is what we are lacking. And it is what is needed. So I love it. Thank you. Okay. I'm you may have your podcast Great. back. Uh, <laughs> finally, I can have my show back. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited about it too. It, it's amazing to be able to showcase people that I've known have been amazing their whole lives. 
and to kind of show whatever piece of the world is interested to listen. Yeah. Uh, you know, because obviously if I want to be successful, I have to get out of our little group of Oswego fans. But if it only stays there, it's been so rewarding just to show this different side and things of that yeah. nature. Like, I, it's been awesome. It's harder now that I'm back to work. You know, taking the summer off was awesome. Yeah. But, you yeah. know, it's still, it's just really cool. Uh, especially like like this because I don't know you that well like we yeah. have hung out and you know and I do pay attention to your life and I think you're incredible but that's why like this will be exciting for me too because I'm going to be a horrible host because I'm going to be like oh that's fascinating <laughs> hanging on everything you're saying well I, I mean I think what it. an awesome little you know like job that you have here because you get to be all nosy too in yeah. people's <laughs> lives I try to Sweet. push and see what uh, what are you willing to tell me yeah <laughs> Awesome. But you said, so you, yes and no, went to high, to high oh, school? Oh, okay. So, yeah. So, some people, I also feel like maybe a lot of people may not even actually know me because yeah. I, I actually did not go to high school um, with all of you. And I'm a little bit older. I'm a few years older than you guys. Um, and I've always kind of been an asshole so, yeah, um, so there's the, right. Yeah. So I'm like, Oh yeah, I know. No. <laughs> no. I didn't mean for that. To, oh yeah. Right. No, it's true. Uh, it's <laughs> assholes are the best people. Yeah. We're honest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This Some is it. Don't like this is it. In my opinion, you yeah. know, but I'm an asshole. So I would say that. Um, okay. So anyways, um, okay. What am I supposed to be saying here? Oh Yeah. So, um, I grew up in Oswego, okay. um, born and raised. My parents are still in the house where all the parties happened back in the day. <laughs> Wait, and is that the house that, uh, you guys played there? Yeah. I was saying yeah. us and short of all played, yeah. we lined up all of our gear and yep. uh, we played just song back and forth. Oh, They're still in that house. Yeah. That's amazing. That's, that makes <laughs> Good me times happen in that. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, so yeah. So always, uh, yeah. From, from us we go but um, starting in third grade I was homeschooled oh. so I actually never went to high school and not only did I not go to high school I was really uh, alienated out there in the country for anybody that doesn't know that's between like Oswego and Plainfield out, yeah. out in what is still cornfields yet that is um, so, uh, I actually did not start integrating into like the people that became my friends in our circle until I was like 15. I started working wow. at Genoa Pizza. Oh my God. You remember really? it? Guy Tiberio yeah. worked there. Yes. Did you work um, there then? Or are no, you a little older than that I even? think I was at a different... I don't know. There's only two. And there was remember. one in downtown Oswego. Yeah, no, I I mostly worked at that one. But yeah, yeah, I started working there the day that I turned 15. Being that I was homeschooled, I started working full time. You know, the moment that I yeah. could, <laughs> right? I could get out of the house. <laughs> and um, that actually, the first people that all of you guys will definitely know is uh, Kyle Peeney. Right. They would people would skip lunch at the high school yeah, and come, come over, over. And, yeah i mean it's right there yeah well maybe i don't know did you guys have had to skip to go out for lunch i don't know but yeah they would come and that's how i started meeting everybody um and from there then i started to go back that time it was you either 
hung out and partied at um, newcomers or settlers. So that's how I kind of became friends with everybody. Um, but it was very interesting for me and it was super, super deep because I got into punk music and culture and everything independently of all of that. Yeah. I discovered who the Sex Pistols were when I was 13, so 1993, and um, I it was big. It was big for me because I identified as that already, and right. I didn't Find know that there was yeah, yeah anything <laughs> like that out there. So that was like instant like home for me in a sense. And then when I met people like period but let alone like in my town that were kind of into some of that yeah it was like it was big yeah i'm curious i got a thing or at least i'd be interested in your opinion since you were yeah. homeschooled yeah. like you were we were joking earlier about being assholes but really that just means that we're stubborn and what we think applies to us we're not trying to apply what we think to other people per se but for us, this is the way it is. Definitely. And I'm curious if you think maybe that homeschooling has something to do with that subconsciously, like way back then, because you didn't have a lot of opinions around you, really. Yeah. Um, oh, gosh. That's like a whole episode. <laughs> um, I was definitely born the way that I am, like 110%. Hashtag like, born this way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hashtag. Um, so, yeah, like... Definitely, this is, like, who I am. Um, however, I have fabulous parents who were super independent-minded, just, like, organically rebellious, yeah. still to this day, who um, sort of nurtured, I guess, um, who I am, and always respected the direction that I went that was always super like you know individualism yeah. um and then yeah I think not having to curb that I, d I would have never made it through public school ever yeah they kind of grind um, it out of you as much yeah as and I'm ungrindable <laughs> you got kicked up probably. <laughs> I would have definitely I feel like you're very mouthy <laughs> Tim where would you get that idea <laughs> Um, I just, yeah, I'm just really dead set in the way that I feel yeah. and I'm not going to compromise it. Um, I, you know, I respect other people and whatever, and, you know, I'm totally happy for other people to be who they are, but I will be me just the same. Yeah. Um, so I like, and it's, yeah, it's uncompromisable to a fault. It has created a lot of strife in my life no. and there has been times that I have tried to curb that um, unsuccessfully and I wish that I would have never tried to curb that because it was who I it's who I am yeah you know? it feels like a compromise of who yeah. you are as a person like. yeah but definitely actually through the times probably where you knew me the best through my early 20s yeah. was where I tried to curb who I am the most because it was also weird. Oh, and this is also another totally separate topic. But <laughs> We're going to um, plant a bunch of seeds, and then over the next few years, we'll do a bunch of episodes. Okay. And deal. we'll sow those seeds. <laughs> um, 
like, yeah, I was very, you know, like punk, um, just punk minded. Um, and like, you know, I don't want to, you know, like, I don't know, be like toot my own horn sort of thing, (laughs) but real punk, (laughs) not Sorry, all of you anti-flag fans. Man, I, um, up until but, recently, I loved anti-flag so much. But not anti-flag punk who, you know, sucks the government's dick, you know, sort Ooh, of thing. That is an interesting and, thing you just said. <laughs> but uses, you know, anarchy signs and all of this shit. Not that, hmm. but the real philosophies of purely just feeling like such an individual. And I feel like I keep touching. Um, like, and it's just like, again, it's like just organically, yeah. like just I think different. The, more of it is probably built on the crux of like anarchy. Not when people think of stereotypical anarchy where it's like chaos. Anarchy oh, is just absolutely. another system like anything else. Sure. It just means that we take care of ourselves. We take care of each other and we don't need some governing body in our business. Yes. Like that's purely, yeah, that, that, that's what it's supposed to be. Yeah. Yes. It's just been turned into something ugly yeah oh yeah which i think makes sense i'd be curious what you think would be or i can because i can understand the lines that you're drawing about an anti flag it's the same thing you can say about somebody like michael moore who makes a documentary with money provided by the people that he's documenting against so i'm with you yeah i mean it definitely gets sticky yeah where is that (laughs) not a thing right i guess like if you find extreme diy like real, real hardcore DIY is probably the only spot, and they're not gonna ever make money because yeah. the money is the gross part. Oh yeah, no, I mean, I definitely, I mean, and when I sit here and say real punk, I mean, I'm really talking about the feelings and just the yeah, you're the, talking about like the attitude. It's not a scene. Yeah. It's not a specific music. Right. It's an attitude. It's a, it's a way of life. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, it it gets yeah to not to go into a whole different direction, but I definitely you know, we'll use capitalism where I need to and to use some of the, yeah, you know, (laughs) use the government where you need to. Um, but I try to, yeah, create independence and responsibility, responsibility, um, for yourself. And that right there is just start setting kind of, you know, stepping stones for purely being independent and, Responsible for yourself. Responsibility is a big one too. Like, yeah, you have to take responsibility for your actions, take responsibility for your life. Like, because a lot of the stuff that'll come up, it, like even when we talk about something as simple as like traumas that we've been brought up because we all have them. Mm-hmm. But at some point, you either decide to be a victim your whole life, or you take responsibility yes. for your at least what your part of what you can do. Yes. Do you want to keep going down this route that hurts, yes. or do you want to try something else? Like. Yeah. And I get it, like it's ebbs and flows for the rest yeah. of your life, but I will always try something new because at least it has the prospect of being better. I've done this other way so much, it hurts. I love it. Yep. <laughs> totally on board with that. <laughs> yes. To the point where I'm even like addicted to that philosophy that yeah. you just threw out there, like to where I have to make myself stop progressing, right. sit with things more. Yeah. Whereas yeah. I think a lot of people tend to be the opposite they have to make themselves like kind of like go out and do more right and i have to stop myself you have to, you have to sit and marinate for a yes little bit. i don't like to marinate 
<laughs> it can be tough, like especially if you're not used to it. Like it can yeah. be jarring for sure. Yeah. So you homeschooled okay. all through high so, school. So yes, thank you for bringing it back there, Tim. <laughs> doing an excellent job. <laughs> we just like went like <laughs> God only knows where. I love time. tangents though so much. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, I mean, shit, you know, life is so complex, it's hard to, like, carry it in that yeah. linear fashion without being like, oh, and then there was that, and yeah. that. Let's spiderweb the okay. shit Okay, <laughs> so, yeah, so where were we? So, you were homeschooled, all through okay. high school, you said? <clears throat> all through high school. So, you school. kind of met everybody organically just through yes. working stuff. Did you go to college then? Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> I tried. Yeah. I tried to go, I did, it had to be like, two so semesters. Crazy to go from homeschooled. Oh yeah. To then like a yeah. structured like I'm sure your your like your parents you said your parents are incredible. I'm sure it was somewhat structured and made sense and like definitely this is school, this is you know home. Yeah. But going to a college had to be so different. Yeah. Um I hated all of my professors. I thought they were stupid. Um, And yeah, I went for like literally two semesters. I would make Ronnie come with me and like sit on the floor underneath my desk. So Um, when did you you meet Ronnie? um, I was 16 and he was 17. Okay. So that was, you were just coming out of the house. (laughs) Yeah. It was a long time ago. I'll say you met a man and we're like, that's it. I'm done. Is it? If I yell to you, might I don't know. Might have his earphones on. Um, uh, We in July. If you count, of course, we've had our breaks and everything over the years, and this, that, another thing. But if you count when we got together back then till now, we have been together for twenty six years. I think it is. That's crazy. That's stupid crazy. Yeah, it's almost stupid. (laughs) No, I understand (laughs) this. Okay, but anyways, so so yeah. Tim, where were we? <laughs> we just, you tried college and he would sit under your desk oh, yes. because okay. it was so painful. Yeah, so I tried college a little bit. Um, I was kind of going into the idea of a sociology yeah. type degree um, because I think that the behavior of people is very, is very interesting and I also have a huge humanitarian side. Um so that was my angle, and I quickly realized that yeah, it just was not gonna, it wasn't gonna happen. So uh, from there, I floundered, did a little bit of floundering. Um, I had a shit ton of really, really, really weird jobs. I like drove forklifts. I worked in an insurance office. That was fun for a minute because yeah. like I could be like this weird person that right. wore like office outfits Shit. i feel like it burns out fast oh though. it burned out really fast yeah. like i've yeah. driven a forklift a lot in my life always oh, a great yeah. job pays decent and interesting like, you can always do it yeah the people at the warehouses the however people at the warehouses are <laughs> something they are <laughs> they're good people but they're a little off like yeah uh-huh. i'd rather deal with them than insurance people. <laughs> it was definitely a yeah, clash of neither one being optimal. So yeah, weird, weird jobs. I don't know. It's just kind of finding my way and exploring. I don't know. What did I do after that? Um, so at some point, kind of, I think that... So my sister did hair. And I, she got me a job at a salon at the mall. And Mario, at, try at so at some point, 
No. Okay, but ladies <laughs> but, are so mean. <laughs> at some point, I I decided that I could do a better job than most of the hairstylists. I'm starting hair. to see a theme develop here. <laughs> and guilty, guilty, honest to a fault, like I said. And um, but it's true. My God, people are terrible. Well, they they get as good as they're willing to get. Yeah, and well, then they sure. Never wanted it. Yeah, and that's it. Like it's yeah. working, so why should I try? Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's when I went to hair school, and that's when things started to to go differently. But and that was I'm trying to tie this into like when people might like when I hung out with all of you guys a lot. I think that that was probably yeah, that was my early twenties. Yeah. yeah, and it might even be sporadic. I, I know a lot of us, the biggest times were like when all the bands were playing, right? Yes. Because like, yep. there's always something. Every weekend there was a show. Yeah. There's always stuff after parties. Like there's always something to do. But yeah. our last show was 13 years ago. Wow. In September, our last show was 13 years ago. Oh my gosh. So it's like. And what was your last show? We Our, our very last show we did at Howie's. Uh, just because it was local, and because uh, before that we had played the Double Door uh, earlier that was month. Howie's the one in the corner yeah, thing yeah. of that shop. Okay. Yeah, but which is it's insane how much time's passed. Like, because I'm like, dang, we were still in our twenties then. Yeah. So our thirties have just been a blur of nothing. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> well, it's weird well, though, like, because well. like you meet people and you're like, oh, if you would. I don't like the idea of being like, oh, if you would have known me when. Yeah. But I also really liked making music. Yeah. Which I still like, to, I do to an extent. I just haven't in a while. Yeah. I've been focused on this, but I still play with, I actually play with Guy, my friend Dave and stuff. Uh, and I went out to Colorado for a while and jammed with Jay and some guys out there. Nice. That was amazing. Yeah. His wife is a bass player now. Okay. But, yeah, so how did you, when did you... You moved to L.A. at some point. Okay, so... Oh, shit. Let's see. I have a horrible memory. <laughs> um, all right. So, I wanted to leave Oswego forever. Yeah. Right. Most literally, of us do. Since I was most born. most of them live in Boulder. <laughs> oh, no. Gosh. <laughs> now they Sorry, love, are you Boulder hoodians? Yeah, I'm not... Uh, they get so mad at me for talking shit because I think Boulder Hill is a dump. But if you love it, you love it, and that's great. If you like it, awesome. We actually drove through um, yeah. since we've been back, and I was actually surprised at how nice it still was. <laughs> but maybe I'm used to, like, L.A. being a fucking shithole. That probably makes um, sense. Yeah. <laughs> so everything else compared to that looks clean. But, yeah, actually, I was, like, I was kind of impressed with the hood. Yeah. Like, okay. Um, but yeah, so I had wanted to move away forever, and I think finally, okay, so we've been gone for just about 10 years, exactly. Um, when, uh, so our plans, Ronnie and I's plans, were always to move to Southern California because of the weather, and the palm trees, and the ocean, and of course, music, yeah. you know. That and East Coast, New York areas are music scenes. So um, Southern California was the plans. However, um, who's, gosh, who, was that, was that, 
Oh, God. This is really bad because I don't remember. Okay, I went to Nashville with a few people. And I'm just going to say a few people because I don't remember everybody that I went with. And I, I don't, don't wanna, want to leave yeah, anybody's wanna... names out. <laughs> <laughs> so I went, but from our yeah. our circle. And for a bachelorette party. And that was about the time when we were like going to like start looking for a place in L.A. And I came back and I was like, hey, Ronnie, like, what would you think about maybe going to Nashville as a pit stop? And he was like, okay. It's definitely on the way to L.A. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So so that's actually what we did. Um, uh, Literally a few months after that, we... We went and we got a place in Nashville, and we were in Nashville for two years. It was really fun. Um, we were like right downtown, like could walk to the bars on Broadway and stuff. So it was just like super energetic and full yeah. of life, and just lots of stimulating shit going on. I also loved how like small the city was but there's still so much it's like us with chicago it's like going to chicago is like a fucking federal ordeal you know it's like it's also one of the bigger cities yeah yeah like like omaha is a big city in nebraska but it feels like downtown naperville totally yes (laughs) (laughs) yes Um, so yeah i just i love nashville it actually turned out to be like a really great place for us um it was very nurturing to who we were becoming um like ronnie kind of started to figure out like what direction he wanted to go with music and i that's where my business organic punk started forming was while i was in nashville so it was yeah it was a really really great place and I feel like I can't do this and tell, talk about kind of my journey without hitting on one of the biggest things that has affected me in my entire life. Um, so during that time, my sister got diagnosed with cancer, mm-hmm. and it was a terminal cancer. So during my time there, um, I started to kind of have to deal with that, come back here. Um, which was nice because it was drivable. Yeah, that's not you know, too bad. You can pedal to the metal in five hours. Yeah, right. Um, and all of that because, you know, very close to my family. Yeah. So that all happened with that during that time, and that started to obviously, like, take effect on me and yeah. form. Um, Physically. Form me into different, you know, <laughs> different version of myself. Sure. Um, but anyways, yeah. Keep on moving. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, we did two years. And then we were like, okay, like, totally had enough of it. Like, needed the ocean. So we were like, let's, you know, let's go, let's go to California. California, we go. So we did a fun thing in between California, between um, Nashville and California. We were happily homeless for five weeks. We put all of our stuff into a U-box. And we went to Southeast Asia for, for wow. five weeks and did Cambodia and Thailand and Bali and Indonesia and almost died from the heat, <laughs> <and> <laughs> the hottest heat ever. 
Um, and then we came back to LA and started that journey, which was so did you even, Did you have a house set up then or an apartment no. or whatever? No. Or you just kind of rolled into town and like, we'll get it. Oh yeah. We just, okay. yeah. I, I like to just kind of go for it. It's funny because yeah. I'm a Virgo. Um, <laughs> your, and, your birthday, is it coming up then? Or did yes, it just happen? Yes, it is coming up. I say it's got to be within month. the next yes. few weeks here. Um, so yeah, I guess that's a little anti-Virgo personality. Yeah, but, but then we got to be like, all right, well, what's your rising sign? Where's your Oh, moon? God, all that. Who the fuck knows? <laughs> I don't know. I definitely don't know about all that. Yeah. Um, so we, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I don't know. Should we dive into the California thing? Do we have any circles that we need to do? Uh, Back the, circles? The only thing I'm, uh, <laughs> the only caveat that we'll go to when we get there. Is that if you're willing, I would love to t- talk about your particular experience with your what is it, in- endometriosis? Yeah. But just because that's it's come up with a few people that I've known. No shit. And it is so fucked trying to get anything done. I will talk about that right now. Like. Where does that happen in your now? life? Where that re- really uh, becomes... that happened my entire life. So you've always From... dealt with it. Yes, and thank you so much for bringing this up because this is like. I want to scream this shit from the rooftops. Yeah, it's insane. That is, I was, I didn't know any of that about you, and I was reading it on one of an old story, and I was just like, "This is not the first time I've seen this." Like, I can't believe that this is still a thing. Yeah, like, well, I've had friends who are literally like, "Hey, this is hurting me. I need this stuff gone," and they're like, "Well, you're only in your 30s. Well, I'm done having kids. Well, you might meet a man that wants kids." Did you fucking hear me? Yeah. I'm done. It's mind-blowing. <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So, rewind to my childhood. Um, so, along with the homeschooling, I, my upbringing was very unique, especially back then, being born in 1980, in the suburbs, you know, far suburbs in the Midwest. You said you um, spent your whole life in Oswego? Yeah. So like in eight, you were born in Oswego. Well, Geneva, but yeah, okay, at the, hos- but like, the hospital was in Geneva. <laughs> it wasn't, you know, out back in the field at yeah, my parents' I, house. I remember I moved to Oswego in '94. Oh no, I've been here. Yeah, and it, was, it was still so small, so I couldn't imagine. Yeah. Fourteen years prior, to, yeah. like, it's, to me, it's like it's insane to think that it even existed. That's really yeah. cool. Yeah, I mean, it really hasn't changed that much, I guess, but yeah, it definitely uh, was smaller. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot more shit packed into it now. Yeah, the slot thingies. Dude. What's up with the fucking slot places? There's it a lot so of alcoholics weird. that just want to gamble anywhere. <laughs> like, anywhere. That was, like, the weirdest thing to me because yeah. I was just here quickly over last Christmas, and I feel like, I don't know, you know, it's winter out, like, sure. I'm just, like, trying to, like, just get through this experience <laughs> of being here, <laughs> yeah. so I'm not very observant, but I feel like there's just, like, I didn't, I didn't notice that last time, so that was really weird. Yeah. Um, anyways, so, along with the homeschooling, other strange upbringings um, was just, I was basically raised outside of societal norms in right. general. Um, and which I would like to also, when people criticize, um, the ways that I am 
Do people do that? <laughs> yes, people do that. Oh. Yes, people do that, Tim. Um, people have always done that. <laughs> I live in a little bubble where I'm a sack of shit anyway. <laughs> so I'm used to it. Like, if somebody gives something positive, I'm like, you're lying. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. That's terrible. That's how yeah, low yeah, the expectations yeah. are. <laughs> it is terrible. <laughs> but yeah, like... Um, you know, obviously it's worse on social media, but yeah, there's also always been a problem of the, you know, like, you know, what, you know, like, just, you're, you know, so, you know, you're so weird and yeah. why are you trying to be that way? And right. it's like, bitch, no, I'm not trying. Yeah. Like, I like grew up this way. Right. Like, and a lot of it is become popular now yeah which is super weird to me and actually one of the circle back here that we need to go when we were talking about early 20s and how i kind of like lost myself a bit through those times that was the reasoning for that was because things ways that i had always been yeah. and i was largely in the circle that I had known, basically, this existence here, as right. I'm, like, you know, looking around, <laughs> um, you know, there wasn't people like me. Yeah. And through this popularity thing of, you know, people started to become punk and dye their hair colors, and I had previously been blacklisted and treated like fucking shit for doing that you know it was you know this is um hopefully you won't get mad at me for using this word but um <laughs> there's like the phrase that i was punk when it was called hey faggot sure and that's like the truth like it was it was vile like up until pretty darn close to like 2000. Yeah. Um, and I mean, you, yeah, you were called a druggie when like, I know I didn't do drugs, you yeah. know, a loser, low life, just like piece of shit. Like kids, moms would like, you know, clutch them away from you. Like you had fucking, you know, a disease and shit. You were treated like you were going to steal shit every time you went into a store you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then, and then the music, you know, music is such a huge identity thing. And yeah. when you're going to these little small clubs in the city and there's, you know, 25 people there. And then next thing you know, who are all these fucking people that like my music, yeah. <laughs> you know? That whole weird thing, and then... That thing I have... Sometimes I have a particular... Uh, Want to fight that sometimes, just because... I agree where things become mainstream, and they build these things in the studio to take advantage of that. True, yeah. Which is 100% mm -hmm. a lot yeah. of artists. Yeah. Even artists that I, I want to like. Like a band like Paramore, she originally was supposed to be a pop star... And she's like, I want a band. So they just gave her a band and we're like, all right, then you're a band. She's okay. still built in a studio. Like, yeah. that doesn't make her any less of yeah. anything. Yeah. But you can have that kind of, okay, what would you have been like trying to do this out on your own uh, and didn't have a studio backing before anything, yeah. you know, and how many people don't get the opportunity. 
But at the same time, I want people to be successful. Yes. And that's where it kind of becomes that catch-22. It's very difficult. Yeah, it is. Because like, you love I'm, something, and then when it's big, you're like, I was there when. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely not that person. I mean, I'm the person that wants to hate on like bands getting big, yeah. but I'm not going to because I do understand, and I do want them to obviously be you know sustainable. Some of it um, like is definitely... Like, I, love, I loved the rise against for so long mm -hmm. and i still love rise against but like i would never go to a show again yeah uh one the tickets are outrageous like i'm used to spending 10 to 15 bucks and being able to go and see them like right face to face with them right as opposed to like now it's uh, wall to wall I'm not mad at the young kids. You don't like, want to hang out with the 13-year-old girls, yeah, like, Tim. Okay. Exactly. I don't. I don't. Like, but at the same time, you know, I, am I just not allowed to go to shows now? Like, what the? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're too tired anyways. That's true, yeah. Uh, you Let's know, call it like it is. It's like I watched Lollapalooza on Hulu. Oh. Like, this is all I can handle. Yeah. Yeah. Best's absolutely not. Unless I'm, like, on the side of the stage and can exit to a VIP air-conditioned tent with water. Yeah. No can do. Somehow you're always pulling the <laughs> VIP treatment. Well, that comes with the L.A. story, yes. Great. We'll I have there. lucked out. <laughs> Definitely. Um, but, yeah. So, it's, it's weird. Um, it's just, you know, I think that maybe it's an unpopular thing to kind of, like have you know throw out these ideas about you know all this you know punk stuff but i mean if we're just totally being honest here like that's that's it was weird and that's yeah. what happened to me that was my experience and um you know it's how i felt and you can't you know you can't bash somebody for how they feel you know sure. authentically it was yeah. it was what i went through Right. And some people, if they didn't go through it, they will not understand it, and they may try to tell you that it wasn't like that, but it was. Well, see, that's the thing, though, which is we're still in the infancy, but nobody should be telling you how you felt is incorrect. Even if they had a different experience going through the same thing. Yeah. It's just like if you raise two kids the exact same way, they're going to come out two different people. I wish I could remember the name of this book, but I read a book that... It was a, just a beautiful story um, and a fictional story. And the whole premise of the book was relativity. And it was just the whole thread. Wow. So it just permeated you without you quite realizing it. It wasn't like you're studying the ideas right. of relativity. Yeah. No, it just seeped into you. And I absolutely love that book. And that is just stupid to point out because I don't know the name of it. Well, <laughs> I will try to find it. You'll maybe you'll um, come in as we're as we're going. The okay. idea of relativity is like one of the most valuable yeah. concepts. If you can truly wrap yourself around it, it right. helps navigate so much. Yeah, but I also think that it's one thing for people to kind of be coming up, maybe with you or a little bit ahead of you while you're going through that. And yeah. be like, this is a phase, you don't even relate to it, you're a poser. But it's different now to look back and be like, to validate you, that is traumatic. Yeah. Like, if you're part of, or if, even if you just feel that you're part of something, yeah. and somebody's treating you like that, like, that's a traumatic experience. Yeah. And it's definitely having ramifications up until you can hopefully get over it or at least deal with it. Right. 
Yeah. So, like, you know. Obviously, I'm still a <laughs> tad bit immature. At least you're not mad about And <laughs> encompassing some hatred. <laughs> if any of you are listening, fuck off. <laughs> any no, of you particularly um, <laughs> that remember being an absolute dickhead. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, and thankfully, I didn't deal with a ton of it because I did not go to school. Yeah. But Ronnie dealt with a fuck ton of it. Uh, did Ronnie and go to school? With Ronnie us? did. Yeah, Ronnie moved. He lived in Aurora, growing up, and moved to Boulder Hill when he was. Ronnie, how old were you? Were? Um, I don't know, like uh, in junior high. Yeah. Um, and he went to Oswego High. He finally got kicked out when he was a sophomore, I believe. So little bit is the answer to that question <laughs> um so uh i mean like right when you guys were meeting partner yeah he actually yeah got kicked out the yeah earlier that year i believe yeah um but uh yeah i mean he dealt with it a lot you know people that would literally beat the fucking shit out of him yeah and then a year later are you know dressing like him right. listening to those Trying bands to that, that he was you know called all sorts of names for listening yeah. to you know it's a, it's an age old thing and it's like it also it's a cycle and i think that it also still happens today is the most tragic part yeah sure yep like yeah. working in the junior high like i can start seeing the seeds that are going to be a problem in high school, and it's like, man. Yeah. Oh my God, I can't even imagine. It's, it's, it's sucks. Because the best I, I can do is give it. these kids like a safe place yeah. while they're here. But I've I've got them for a, a year, maybe. Like it's uh, like, but you can see the resilience too, because they're going to yeah. grow into stronger people. They're not going to compromise. Like you can see, and that's great like that's awesome you have like to. you're gonna suffer through yeah, this bullshit but that. you're gonna be amazing yeah like, it just is it's unfortunate that it has to be that way yeah it's stupid that it's still somehow i don't think we'll ever get it together <laughs> i don't think so I, I think the best you can hope for because no matter what it's gonna be that if you have kids they're raised in places there's so many different factors into their brain and even if you have a kid that is a, a quote-unquote good kid whatever that means they still, if you put something that they haven't seen in front of them, they're going to immediately be like, what is this? Why is this? Yeah. Uh, not with any kind of malice or anything. Yeah. Just a curiosity. But when they see adults putting the malice on the different, that's when they start doing it. Oh, that was just genius. I love that. <laughs> that's like just the most simplistic. Yeah, it is because kids are not mean. Uh-huh. Right. Uh, and this is, uh, I've talked with other people about this too. Like, our instincts are not negative. <laughs> other than to, like, hunt for food. Like, you can consider that negative if you don't want to hurt animals. But, like, as far as human beings, our instincts to me is always to take care of each other and to protect each other and to be nice to each other and to accept each other. Because I don't think it's weird to be around somebody different and say, hey, you are different. This is awesome. Like, tell me about it. This is exciting. We've spent a lot of time in our history pretending we don't have differences. And that's not progress. Uh, and also we got caught up in this horrible idea of tolerance. What's tolerance? You tolerate a sore throat when you're sick, but it sucks to have a sore throat. 
Like, tolerance is not how people should be interacting. Acceptance is how people should be interacting. So we're kind of, we've lost our footing, and I feel like we're just now in the infancy of heading in a, finally, a smart direction where we're accepting everything, everybody, like, it's a slow process, and it's going to take generations to get there, but I'm excited for 20 years from now with what these kids are doing today. I hope you are right. <laughs> are you living in cynicism? Do you think it's different? Um, I mean, you've seen different God. things also. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, what we were talking yeah. about. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm a bit cynical, but I, I do have hope in exactly what you're saying, and it could hopefully go that direction. Right now, I feel like it's a really fucking shitty time in the history of humanity. So, yeah, yeah we might get into that. But it, it is. But it depends on what you want to look at, too. Like it's totally know, whatever one you want to focus on, because there should always be more progress. And you already admitted earlier you don't like to marinate. Mm-hmm. You for you, it should already be where we should be. And I agree, but we have to. We're never going to get everybody on board. But we have to get enough people on board that what we're talking about is the norm. Because over the last four four years, eight years almost, we've had a lot of setbacks where we're like, oh shit, maybe Mm -hmm. we aren't as progressive as we thought. Totally. And I feel like that was eye-opening for a lot of people because they thought we were past a lot of this. Yeah. And I think a lot of the rest of us were like, we hoped. Yeah. We hoped we were. So now it feels like, okay... You are a dying breed. And I think that's what is important to remember is that that is not the consensus. That's a, a loud minority. And that's on its way out. So I, I, if you focus on that, I think it's easy to stay cynical. But I think that there's enough positive... Mr. Rogers used to say, look for the helpers. <laughs> yes. Right? Because they are there. And if you can see that, that's why I, I always argue with my mom because she wants to watch the news. I'm like, don't watch the fucking news. Ever. Oh, God. You're talking about yes, a corporation please. controlled by a man with an agenda that dictates what it says. Yes. Do not watch the news. It's stupid and it's biased and it, it, it has to be because somebody owns it. Yep. Like, so if you want to do something, get on YouTube and just watch Faith and Humanity Restored. Just watch Humans Helping Humans. That's what people are like. And that's still happening out there on a large scale. And that makes, like, that's when I get excited. <laughs> yeah, I mean... I think that, yeah, definitely, but I think that with so many people living on social media and the algorithm is such a fucking dangerous tool that is warping people's idea of reality. Um, I do agree with that because at some point we've shifted, we've we've shifted to those sort of things being our identity instead of. Yes. Having our actual an actual personality. Yes, absolutely. we've just live and die on these hills of yeah. meaninglessness. Like it, it's it's silly to me, but we're we're getting into an off topic point where we would end up getting in somewhere political, which I'm not afraid of. But let's do that in a little bit. Yeah, let's do that in a little <laughs> bit. Let's get back on on uh, topic. We originally were tangenting on. To your endometriosis, oh, which gosh. has been affecting you since you were a kid. Okay. So, yeah, I brought up way... I went way back in the day and then got distracted by something else. <laughs> okay, so my point in going back in the day was to say that one of the reasons 
way, one of the ways that I was raised very unique, especially for the time, was that we did not have any sort of Western medicine, aka what most people would know as typical right. um, medical care. So we did not use any anything. <laughs> um, we did not. I did not have a primary care doctor until I was. In like till I was like thirty, um, I have only taken one medication ever in my life. Um, That was a steroid for an allergic reaction, and that steroid ended up backfiring anyway, so it didn't (laughs) do what it needed to do. Double allergic reaction. Um, Yes, it was. (laughs) Great story, actually. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I, I. just came from a very, very unique place within that, all of that. Um, when I first, okay, so on to the endometriosis thing. Um, I guess I'll start by saying for anybody that has absolutely no idea what we're talking about, I'll briefly describe. Endometriosis is a condition slash disease that is insanely common it's uncomfortably common (laughs) yes um however almost completely unrecognized by western medicine care and it is basically when um tissue grows um in places inside of you not on the outside I don't think so, although it can do crazy things, but um, in places that it should not grow and just wreaks havoc. So it can fuse organs together, um, all all this crazy shit. So most common, um, it is seen in like the uterus ovary type situation and it affects women's menstrual cycles, which is how I was affected by it. Um, so when, like, basically when I first got my period, like, I don't know, I was whatever, like, let's say 13, um, it was almost within that first year that I started experiencing, like, oh my God, like pain that is, I never have ever seen people experience that. I mean, it was like like, literal, like giving birth. And in some situations, even I, I don't have children, so it's a little presumptuous of me sure. to compare my pain to women that have gave birth. But, um, you know, you can find many quotes where, you know, worse than childbirth. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it was literally like you're dying, like your insides are getting tore out. Um, so insane pain, I would, uh, vomit like crazy diarrhea, uh, totally pass out, like completely lose consciousness. Like black out from the um, pain. From the pain. Yeah. Um, I would lose um, control of my motor skills. I would not be able to talk. I, I couldn't form sentences. I would drool, um, numbness. My legs and arms would go numb. Um, it was horrific. So I grew up with my parents having to assist me with this. You know, and we tried the natural stuff, what we were right. used to, and nothing would like touch it with a ten foot pole. Yeah. So finally, I think by the time I went to a Western medicine doctor to try that, I was like eighteen. So I already I mean, 
at least five years of like suffering. Yeah, and not every month because I it. it it's, it's so random, right? It, like it flares up. Sometimes it's nothing. Well, I mine was tied to my periods largely. Okay. Not everybody's is. Right. Some people will deal with it when they're not on their periods and their periods are fine. But mine was tied to my periods and my periods were like, I mean, I might get two a month. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I would go three or four months without getting one. So that was always fun with work too, yeah. you know, like, that's... and they think that you're like making shit up, you know, sort that's, of thing. That's, I feel like that's a lot of the woman, a woman's yeah. light in general. Oh yeah. So much fun. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I was wheeled out of jobs on stretchers and taken to the hospital with yeah. the shit. Like it was insane. So anyways, um, I'm going to have to, oh, hey buddy, come on. Finally the cat. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to act like we don't exist here. Um, so yeah, I have to like, I'm going to have to like condense this like crazy, but, um, experience with Western medicine, um, here, here's a birth control pill. Take this. Yeah. That'll fix it. That's, but they use that to regulate your cycle. Sure. At yes. least that's their plan. That's, yeah, that's Which their idea. Which doesn't necessarily idea. have anything to do with what's actually happening. Totally doesn't have anything <laughs> to do with that. And really, I mean, if you're trying to regulate hormones, Giving and you know introducing synthetic hormones into your body is not the way to do it. Sure. But totally different topic there. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um. So yeah, here's birth control. Oh, here's an ibuprofen. Like, oh, you dumb shits, <laughs> you don't think I've tried that already? You know, yeah. like here's every painkiller under the sun. Okay, that's not working either. Then they do exploratory surgery. So they make small incisions and they go in with yeah. a little thing and scope shit out. And they say, oh, there's nothing wrong with you. Right. That's it. Like, right. literally, done. We're done here. Nothing wrong with you. And they give you n no, like, literally no avenues right. to take. That's the end. For them, they, that's the end. Yes. They yeah. said, you know, that, and that, that's their specialist. Right. So you think that you're, at least from a Western medicine standpoint, you think that you have done everything that you can do. Right. You know, you go, you go through all the steps and you see the specialists and that's that. Um, so I went through that a few times mm -hmm. and different doctors and, and all of this and just, you just get left with nothing. Yeah. And then I had tried everything natural under the sun. I mean, every type of, you know, herb and treatment and, you know, different types of natural. Hey, come on. <laughs> Come on in. Come on in and see Tim. Come on. Does he? I don't know. He might not know you're. Yeah. Oh, surprise. This is Buddy. This is our ginger friend, Buddy, who is 12 years old. Wow. We've had him for. Oh, I don't know, Buddy. How long have we had you? Maybe like yeah, travels with six you, years. Buddy has awesome. been, of course, to Mexico with yeah. us, and he has traveled 15 states with us. Well, that's awesome. Sometimes he has a better life than somewhat I do. happily, and sometimes <laughs> not happily. Yeah. Well, right. yeah, he's literally our buddy. His name could not be more perfect. That's awesome. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, just coming up empty, 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 and being told there's nothing wrong with you, or we just don't know what's wrong with you. Throughout all of this time, endometriosis was not brought up once. Right. Didn't even know it existed. 
So, again, living with this horrifically, it controlled my life. Um, it made me have to take completely different avenues on life than I would have. So There's, you can't go to work. You can't have a social life. I, yeah. You don't know what's going to happen to you at any time. Yes. Yeah. I mean, because it would like, I mean, completely debilitating. Yeah. You know, there, like, I would not be able to do anything. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it affected, you know, what kind of jobs I could have. Big, the biggest one for me was it affected traveling um, because I wanted to do things with my life, right. like sort of career-wise yeah. and all of that, that entailed traveling. Um, some people might be very entertained to know that I actually was in the National Guard. Yes, Miss really? Anarchist. That's hilarious. Oh, I got berated I by my fucking... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, adventures. Sometimes sure. to be willing to do yeah. some uh, also if you can do good and still not agree with what avenue yeah I mean you to do. good luck you know I love trying Disney. They're still to... an evil corporation there you go yeah <laughs> yeah um so yeah and I have a visible anarchy tattoo on my back that yeah my drill sergeants had a real good time with. Yeah. Um, but I ended up actually, well, I did the National Guard because I wanted to, like, from the humanitarian perspective, sure. yeah. um, you know, it's kind of its intention. <laughs> right. And also for the adventure and the traveling, whatever. Um, but I, thankfully, because I don't know what I was thinking, um, I thankfully got discharged because of asthma. So thank you, <laughs> asthma. But even like I would have gotten discharged the first time I got my period, you right. know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I wanted to do like Peace Corps, like shit like that, just to yeah. be able to take me the fuck out of here. Because at that time, too, I mean, there was no internet and all these opportunities. Right. You know, you couldn't go and travel with your fucking smartphone. Like yeah. it was like really, really hard to go and do shit. Yeah. Um, you know, print out your. You know, whatever it was, directions. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> At the library, go and print them out. That's right. Um, so, yeah, it just, it really hindered so many things and directions that my life would take. Um, so, finally, and this is what I, why I really, really want to talk about this, is because I found a solution. So living, it was when we were living in California. So this was just, how was this? Uh, three, only three years ago, so something like that. Three years ago, which, uh, apologies, but you would have been 40. <laughs> I've had to face it. <laughs> yeah, but that was 13 to 40. Yeah, yeah. Everybody being like, you're fine. Yeah. And you yeah. like, uh, oh, like keeling over yeah. in pain, uh, you know, all the time. That's insane. It, so finally, somebody in California listens. So what I actually found, somehow I found, and this is very important for anybody who thinks that this might be them, there is a Facebook group called Nancy's Nook. Oh. Um, Nancy, like a person's name, yeah. N-O-O-K. And it is a former nurse um western medicine nurse who has devoted her life to endometriosis and she's i don't know like there's like hundred like hundreds of thousands of 
people in this sure. group or whatever. Right. And it is all about, it is purely an informational Facebook group. It's not people going in there and, you know, talking about, you know, their symptoms and right. getting support. It's not a support their group. opinions. It's just. Yes. It's her. She is the yeah. only person or a, a handful of doctors that she right. has on there as admins that offer um, information on this. And the most important thing is there's a document on there that is literally, I'm going to throw out like 20, 20 specialists that exist like worldwide. Yeah. On endometriosis. That's crazy when you think about like specialists in general. Every hospital has a dozen like, and here's oh something God, that's yeah. so big. Yeah. And there's only twenty in the world. Like I don't understand. Like I feel like, like why? Why is this not recognized? Because I mean, if you know, if the healthcare system is about money, sure. You know, fucking kaching. Like there's a bunch of us that have this yeah. problem, but I guess you know. But I don't want to offend anybody, but the idea of Western medicine is, is they keep you on a cycle right. within it's to the sustain. system. Yes. It's not to cure, not to it's cure. to sustain. Yes. And that's why nobody ever looked into it, because if you cure it, then then what? Yeah. I can give you this Benadryl, or I mean this uh, ibuprofen you never took. <laughs> yep. Just keep on keeping on. Yeah. So um, through that, I was lucky to find um, a person on the list that was in Long Beach, which coincidentally I had just, we had just moved to San Diego from Pedro, which is like the neighborhood that is right next to Long Beach, but it was fine. I was happy to drive like the three hours up, up the coast. I hope you made and... a comment about it. Like, you fucking believe this? We were just there. Yes. Um, but yeah, like you, wa- I walked in the fucking door and like, it was literal like, so overwhelming because everything that I had went through, all of my symptoms were instantly acknowledged and accepted. Yeah, and that was the yeah. first time in my entire life, even with natural this, that, and other doctors, that someone had been like, yes, just like totally. I know exactly what you're talking about and I believe you. Right. And it is called this, and this is what's happening to you, and this is how we can go about fixing it. Right. Even just having something knowledge, it has to be such a huge weight off the shoulders. Oh my god! Of just like being yeah. validated, being like, "Fuck's sake!" Finally. Yeah, it's maddening. Yeah. So I went from that appointment to ultimately having my surgery, which for me resulted in a hysterectomy. That's not always the case with endometriosis. And actually, like, there's false um, information out there that having a hysterectomy will cure it. No, totally not the same thing. Um, So, yeah, I went from that appointment to having my surgery uh, with, I think, within four months. Wow. Yes. So you didn't have to go through any, like, hoopy bullshit either. No. Because, like, like I said, I have friends that have had similar things where they try to get parts of their uterus removed, and they can't. Like, you got to write, okay. like, an essay. Well, and see, you have and to, that's... There's, a, there's always somebody gatekeeping that's and like, And that's you can't. the bullshit, like, yeah. other side of, of things that, you know, I was talking about throughout the whole 
you know, my whole life. This other side, these specialists, none of that exists. That's yeah. not protocol. Right. That's the, these fucking weirdos that are like making up their own fucking rules. Right. None of that is protocol. I have, I don't know, what is it? When you don't have to go to another doctor before you go to a specialist, HMO? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I fucking paid out the wazoo for an HMO insurance right. plan. And um, for the pure fact, because I wasn't dealing with the whole preemptive runaround. And yeah, I went straight to that fucking specialist. That was my first stop. Right. And yeah. that was it. That's all that I had to do. And then I had to do like some pre-surgery like clearances, like, you know, go and, you know, get, I don't know, your vitals checked. Well, sure, yeah, blood work, and, make sure. Yeah. A general um, uh, health exam. But none of it was to kind of pass their weird tests. Yeah. It, it was literal medical tests that made sense. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I went. And I got that surgery, which, like, for me, included doing the hysterectomy because I'm not having children. Right. Um, and I could have went the lesser route and had him just go and take endometriosis out and see if that was enough. Right. And then could have went the, the uterus and everything sure. route after that. But I was just like, man, you just go in there, man, yeah. and the vacuum and suck I, all I, of it out. I'm not using it. Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't need it. I don't want it. So, yeah, um, from that day, I have been 99.9999% pain-free. Yeah, that's it is amazing. mind-blowing. Yeah, that's awesome. It's, it's insane the hoops you have to jump through. Like, yes. Because you didn't even have to deal with the bullshit, too, of, a man doctor saying no. Like, my friend literally was told, uh, you might meet a man who wants to have kids. <laughs> and I was like, what? A professional in a white coat told you that. Oh, God. How is that possible in this Lord day and age? Lord, help me. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's really weird because I have, especially, like, with my work being social media based. Yeah. Um, and having a large female clientele. They know a large portion, if not all, of my story. Mm -hmm. And there are people amongst them that I guarantee you have endometriosis and it's the cause of their own problems. And yeah. I even communicate this stuff to them. And it, it's really hard for me because they're so used to the, the medical system and being told what is the, you know, this is the way things are and that's the way things are. Right. They... Do not take what I'm telling them as fact. Yeah. And not in a, you know, like, do your own diligence type sure. thing. No, right. like, they don't believe it. Yeah. Like, they truly don't believe it. Right. And I'm like, it is can be this simple. Right. And of course, there's, you know, not everybody yeah. this works for. Yeah, everybody's like got this their own simply. case. But largely, but still, like... largely... <laughs> Like, you go to one of these specialists that actually know yeah. what they are doing, and this this is what their, like, their entire career is centered around endometriosis. Right. People travel to these doctors from all over the world. Um, and, yeah, people can't absorb it as being this simple, and that they've been fucked over all it's these It's really too. crazy to me to even think about, because when I think about your business is organic punk, like, I know you make jewelry... And all kinds of stuff like, because I also love crystals. 
when I think you of do. that kind of yeah, when I think of that kind of clientele, that it, in a general stereotypical sense would would be against oh, Western right. medicine. Right. For them to be like clinging onto it so hard, yeah, yeah. when they're in so much pain, it runs is deep. Ridiculous. Yeah. You know? And also, I think weird. that there's also like a little bit of like the Stockholm syndrome type thing where people can't quite face what you know all this being like a bunch of bullshit yeah um so yeah i mean it's it's deep and it's scary and whatever and i get that but it's so irritating because i like so this is fun so i want to help people with this so much that um so ronnie it was a collaborative effort but him of course being the music maker of it um created an album a concept album about my issues right. with this um, called Uterus Eviction, you know, kind of like a little, you know, yeah. sort of death metal, you know, play on the title there. And um, this came about when I was going through those clearance tests yeah. pre-surgery that I went and got an MRI done. I had never gotten an MRI done before in my life. And you hear all these horror stories. Most people hate it. Yeah. I loved it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I laid in that thing and I started vibing to all these noises. And it was so inspiring to me. It is interesting to be inside. Did you have any issues with your tattoos? Um, they Some of my tattoos raised a little bit. Because so when which... I had mine, they're like, if you have any red ink, yeah, right. The it's got more the iron worst. in it. Yeah. And it's you're going to feel it pull a little bit. Yeah. Uh-huh. I tend to have that problem anyways. That's a yeah, whole thing. <laughs> bad bad uh, effects of tattoos. Yeah. Telling myself not to get any more. Oh, but they're so fun. Um, <laughs> you know, it's torture. It's one of those things where you just make the choice. I know it's bad, but I'm just going to act like it's not. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, yeah, I was laying in the MRI, and I was like, this would make a badass fucking like inspiration. It's such like, a unique core. thing that you don't see in the world because the magnets shifting and the way the tube is designed. And the the noises are literally like no other. Like it's just it's so interesting. And Ronnie was in the parking lot waiting for him. This was in Long Beach, California. And I like I couldn't wait to get out of the tube so I could run out there and tell him about uh. this. And I go out there and I'm like, I want to make a concept record using the, the sounds like as a basis, like the undertone, the sounds of the MRI yeah. about um, my surgery and my experiences yeah, yeah. in general. And he was like, fuck to the fuck. Yes. <laughs> so literally from that moment, we started compiling information, um, you know, sounds, um, pictures from all of my different appointments that I was having. Um, and the really gory part was we started to record. I think that there was, I think between that and when I had my surgery, I had two periods yeah. and we recorded Well, he, he did because I was, you know, right out, out of it. it. <laughs> um, he recorded my me being in pain during my period wow. and it's fucking vile like it's like exorcism shit yeah <laughs> so um yeah we just we just compiled all of this stuff 
And um, when it was all said and done, he started to turn it into a audio and visual piece of art. That's funny. <laughs> I'm fascinated by it. I can't wait to hear it. It uh, is like the most fucking yeah. like brutal like metal, you know, <laughs> where they say that's fucking metal. Yeah. This is fucking metal. It's disturbing. Right. When this goes live, I'm going to link that so people can check it out. Oh my. That'd okay. Awesome. Yeah. So it's probably, um, <laughs> you know, you'll have to decide for yourself if you can handle it. Yeah. I'm interested definitely. in it. I'm sure it's going to be a I, hard listen. I shared it on my, oh yeah. So the cover is my uterus in a say, that fucking picture, bucket. That's your actual That's uterus my uterus. In, in the medical bucket there. I asked the surgeon if he would give me a picture of it. I got that picture. I know. I didn't know if he was going to go for it. <laughs> but they did. It was also, it was a robotic surgery. So they automatically, it snapped so many pictures. So yeah. everything, all of the imagery is all real imagery from inside of me or from my appointments. Like it's, it's real shit. Wow. Um, and I just, I love it. I think it's a masterpiece. And it's like, it's so important for so many reasons. It was, you know, nail in the coffin. Yeah. Um, for me, it makes me feel so proud that Ronnie as, you know, I mean, he's not like man's man, you know, sure. sort of outlook. But whatever, any kind of dude um, would put that out in the world yeah. and you know, I mean, it's unique, you know, so that was really heartwarming <laughs> to me. And then also for, um, uh, you know, exposure about this, you know, like this, this is what this is. People, you know, ask questions, wake up. These are the yeah. resources, all of this. So it was really, really, really about it being a PSA. Yeah. I think that's an important piece too is, uh, sometimes things will have a stigma or we're told not to say things, ask about it. Like, yeah, it's important to talk about it. That's totally. how change is going to happen. Like yes. we have to be able to talk about it. I got, so yeah, um, I brought up the uterus in the bucket thing because when I promoted this on my personal Instagram, um, I put like a, like a, a block um, you know, like using like a photo app sort of thing. I put like a block over the uterus on the picture and wrote on it, you know, like PSA, like gory images, don't swipe unless you want to see this. And then like the next picture then, or I think I, it was like two pictures later, you know, just to, you know, make it safe for people. Right. And I got some woman... <laughs> I don't even know who she was. Some woman comments on my, oh, oh, and we released it on Mother's Day. Nice. <laughs> Just in case it wasn't metal enough. <laughs> um, but yeah, I got some woman who just so spiteful was like, thank you for ruining my Mother's Day. <laughs> and I'm like, wow. Mission accomplished. <laughs> it's like, why are you like, you should be celebrating this. This is awareness. Yeah. Like, that's what this is. Right. You know, we do. Like, you're saying we need to talk about yeah. this shit. So We're still trying to you, get Tim. over a lot of the society builds in this. We have to fight each other. Yeah. And we're finally, as a people, being like, but, but why? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, again, we're totally. at the infancy of so many. I think that's why I'm optimistic. Like, you can catch me. I'm up and down constantly. <laughs> but genuinely, I feel optimistic as far as, like, I see all the good things. They're small. 
But I guess um, one match will burn down mm-hmm. a fucking forest. <laughs> yes. So I, I'm excited yeah. for 20 years from now. I love that. And have you ever seen the image where it's a whole bunch of matches in a row? And then there's one that's pulled down yeah. just a little bit. Yeah. And it's like the idea of that is yeah, really I, powerful. That, yeah, that's a really cool image. Yeah. So now it's time, because that covers a big chunk of your life up until the last couple of years. Yes, it does. Uh, how did we get, uh, we covered how you got to LA and then down to San Diego. Oh gosh. Okay. (laughs) So LA, um, LA was extremely interesting. Yeah. Um, so, so I developed my business organic punk while I was still in Nashville. When I moved to LA, I had thought oh my god like my business is gonna blow up here sure because it's more than just jewelry so actually now i hardly even do jewelry okay so the way that i started it so many layers here um okay so it technically started while i was still living here i was living in boulder hill starting here so i had been teaching yoga at Sense of Samadhi Mm -hmm. Studio in Yorkville. That was the last time I was And, oh my God, that was eons (laughs) ago. Holy fuck. And, um... We saw each other at Shine, actually. I'm sorry. That was the last time. Where? Shine in, uh... Is that Batavia? What? I don't think it's there anymore. I don't even remember this. Yeah. (laughs) It was a one-off. Okay. Oh... I think maybe because Kristen do. was there. Uh, I think Amy was there. Even there was a few people there. I don't know. I think it might have been even Kristen's class that we were all just taking. Okay. Gosh. Well. Yeah. yeah. Either way, there was a lot of classes. Bad. Back bad then. memory. <laughs> um. So I had start candles. candles. Candles was how I started, and I started that because Sons of Samadhi had this little gift shop thing in the studio. And I made my own, like, that was like, you know, the weird little, you know, people in the country and us, we go, we made our own candles when I was a kid, too. (laughs) And so I made my own candles, and I brought them in for class while I was teaching. And Terry, owner, was like, oh, these are great. Like, put, make some and put some in the shop. And that's how my company started, which is so weird. My company that has now morphed into, I'm still doing it today, but obviously very, very different. Um, So that was the start. Also, while I was at Sense of Samadhi, that was where I credit the first exposure really to crystals. During teacher training there, they had some crystal people come in and kind of educate us on the metaphysical side of things, and that's where I bought my first crystals for stupid absorbent amounts. <laughs> absorbent? Exorbent? Exorbent. Oh, well, neither. You'll get, you'll get it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe next time. Um, so, uh, that, so, okay, so exposed to crystals. Then, when I moved to Nashville, I decided I wanted to stop doing hair. That's what I was doing for a living. Well, I was here and I started doing farmer's markets, like events. Nashville's like the biggest fucking thing for like handmade everything. You put made in Nashville on it and people fucking like <laughs> eat it. Right. Um, so it was amazing. 
And so I started with candles and I was doing some other things at these markets. So simultaneously, I was getting more and more into crystals and I was like putting them in my pockets, in my bra. I didn't wear a bra a lot of times, <laughs> so that was turning into an issue. I didn't carry a purse. So I started looking for like crystal jewelry Yeah. and it was awful. It was like awful hippie shit. No offense, hippies. There's some Just good stuff. Like, not my like, thing. But your stuff was unique. Yeah, and I could not find anything that yeah. like did not make me like convulse. <laughs> so, so I started to like make my own for myself, sure. and then I started to get asked, yeah. "Oh my God, I love it! Like, where'd you get that? Oh, I made it. Can you make me one?" And it fucking snowballed into a full time business like that. It yeah. was crazy. So, um, it turned you know started not to do candles anymore because I, it was not, never a passion and sure. I didn't really care about it at all. Probably not driving revenue um, that much either. Yeah. I mean, it was okay. I mean, it was, I was making a living. Yeah. Well, yeah. I also did crazy other things in Nashville, which were very exciting. <laughs> I am. That's when I first started doing stagehand work and started to, we're jumping again, <laughs> different timelines. We're going to tell the story. Um, you guys can sort the shit out. <laughs> And that's Sorry. the audience's job. Sorry. Um, yeah, like I started, I started doing stagehand work, which I super loved. And I how did you even for, get into that? Just um, randomly? How did I? I did the craziest fucking shit in Nashville. Yeah. Like my job resume was like the most bizarre, like schizophrenic thing ever. And yeah. it was just because, like, I have like something that I always say to myself, as simple as it is, why not try? Right. Um, and the things that will happen sure. in your life, if you, can if you just, that, for sure. if you just try things yeah. is insane, like mind blowing. And most of it, it like works out well, just purely for the fact that other people don't try. Right. They automatically write things off that that would never work. I, you know, I could never do it. But most of the time they just think that like, that door will never like reciprocate to right. them. I, I'm not going to ask that. That would never work. Yeah. They would never go for that. Those types of like ideas and self-talk um, is what a lot of people tend to think. Right. And I'm like, ah, fuck it. Right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so that's like literally how the majority of st my stuff has happened in my life. Yeah. I, why not try it? I just try it. Um, and, and I actually have a big fear of like, not being successful so it's really funny that i still just try <laughs> i guess that my success rate has been good enough that yeah. uh i am not too uh hindered <laughs> but yeah um how did that first start i don't know i actually have no fucking idea but it had to have been something totally fucking random and I was so just that, like, i presume that's what bleeds because you're backstage at every goddamn show in la yeah um so that was actually a little bit different but the nashville thing was i actually worked for a company and um I do it doing stagehand i was assistant to the touring techs yeah and that was like oh my god i loved it like um it's funny because well, had I not been in a relationship, you know, Ronnie and I are there together. Had I yeah. not been in a relationship, first yeah. of all, because um, I'm, I'm very independent and I do go and do a lot of things and travel on my own. Right. However, going off for months at a time yeah. is a different story. Um, had I not been in a relationship and had I not had my period problems, I would be 
probably like an A plus tech to like like somebody who I really 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 wanted to work with. I loved that shit and I was super fucking good at it. Yeah. Um, I went from entry level position, bottom of the barrel, to working what they call show calls which is the actual shows and there's only like usually like five people yeah. that out of i don't know like 150 on the daytime crews that get show called five people Damn. and i was fucking on that show like crazy um so yeah bunch of really fun great experiences um oh god um i got to meet chester Nice. Lincoln Park. That's that was awesome. like one of the most meaningful ones to me. Yeah. One of the funniest ones. I worked New Kids on the Block. Uh, Donnie <laughs> hit on me. Yeah. Uh, now you can like die happy. straight out the gate too. They like freaking like came yeah. in the tunnel and they got out and he like came up to me and was creepy. I feel like stereotypically you think you dealt with a lot of creepy stuff, but do you find that most people were just normal people? Yeah, yeah, there's, like, a lot of really great people. Yeah. I mean, just the things that you witness, like, um, Ringo Starr's son uh, eating his giant bowl of plain pasta for his carbs before they go out on stage. Yeah, I sat at the table while he was doing that. That was trippy. Paul McCartney was one of the most courteous people, and he also had the best catering Um, he, he's vegan and he does his entire catering vegan and they had bought so much food. One of the perks of doing stage calls, um, is you get to take home all the food that is left and the amount of food that like would normally just like go into the garbage is crazy. But most of the time it's divided out amongst the crew and stuff. And with that situation, I was the only vegetarian. Right. They didn't, none of the guys, and it's all guys that I work with. Yeah. None of them wanted anything to do with this food. So I got to bring it all home. Yeah. Like I ate for free for like months. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, he was amazing. I don't know. There was endless. I don't even remember all of them. Um, got to stand on side stage for Fleetwood Mac. Nice. Um, Joan Jett. Um, Rise Against, uh, Joe remembered me from 88 Fingers Louie Days really? at the Fireside. That's crazy. Yeah, that was trippy. That's still my favorite show was seeing 88 and the Bull Weevils at the Metro. Oh, god, That's good times. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I loved 88 Fingers. Um, and my niece was super into all of the, like, the, I don't know, they considered emo, like the... No, what are they like the Blackville brides and all of that oh, yeah. so I was able to get like you know signatures and set lists and pics nice. for her so that was like proud auntie yeah. moments really cool. um so much stuff but yeah anyways um okay yeah so the weird jobs uh okay so yeah anyways we left Nashville finally went to California thinking oh all of these LA people are gonna love my jewelry yeah because it was like getting like I was really zoning in on like my style. It was getting super like edgy, and the Nashville people were side eyeing it. They didn't know what to do with this right. shit. They were like, it didn't have like yeah. little leather cords and well, stamped the, inspiration phrases. That's what I phrases. loved about it is that usually the stereotype you would make it small and put a, like a few things into a piece. Mm-hmm. Your stuff was like big, but it never felt gaudy. 
thank to you. Me. I was like, well, who the fuck am I? But it never felt funny. <laughs> because, like, I, but I like big, raw crystals. Yeah. Like, that's what I uh, resonate with. Yeah. So it was awesome to see that worked into something like a necklace or, or a ring. And it just felt right. <laughs> oh, I love that. Thank you. That's the cool thing, like, about being on social media is because you don't, like, sometimes you feel like you're talking to nobody or, right. like, yeah. you think that you know, like, who you're talking to, but you have no idea, like, where, where what its reach is. Yeah. And it, that's magical. And you have to always, like, check yourself and think about that because that can be an enriching tool, you right. know? Um, but yeah, so I went to LA thinking like all oh, these people are gonna love this shit. <laughs> um, newsflash: people in LA don't give a fuck about anything unless yeah. like a celebrity endorses right. it. Well, it's LA. <laughs> it's yeah, gross. But yeah, so I actually I love LA. Um, not anymore. It's turned into a fucking shithole the last two years. The crime and shit is so bad. Um, but I do love it. Um, you know, I say the thing about it is LA can be like anything that you want it to be because there is so many facets of it. Um, and it's just, it's, yeah, it's, it's amazing and magical. But anyways, so I, I started trying to do like the same thing that I was doing in Nashville of doing like little like art gallery stuff. And it was just like the receptiveness was just like doll falling flat and yeah. I was discouraged so that's when I really started to go online and do Instagram I was really late in the game on Instagram too and it took off on Instagram so I totally dropped the in-person LA stuff thank god and um yeah so the online started doing really 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 good and i was getting like some cool celebrity stuff like i don't remember i like remember the other day alanis morissette followed me i like said that to her i'm like yeah so there was some alanis oh it was like some cat meme and it was like an alanis cat meme (laughs) and i was like oh my god that's right remember alanis morissette followed me (laughs) yeah that was Prior to when I started to open my mouth and like started to input my personality, yeah. <laughs> then things started to go like, downhill. You see numbers dropping. Yes. <laughs> yes. So I have lost six thousand followers. Wow! Really? Over the last um, three years since COVID began, because yeah. my views are not necessarily the more I don't know mainstream whatever. I don't know that it's mainstream because. I- even because I feel like that, again, stereotypically that crowd has a, a specific way that they think. And you don't fall into that. Even with your, like, against being against Western medicine, yeah. like, that kind of fits in. But I feel like... People love a box. Yes. Like, they want yeah, they you want to, to be, be in a, box. In a yeah. box. They do not want you yeah. to variate from that box. Right. If you do, they do not know what to do with it. But that. they preach that everybody should be themselves. Oh, yes. And then the second you yeah. step out of that box, they're like, whoa, but... Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. A hundred million times percent. That is like, oh, my God. That makes me go crazy. Yeah. I, I will never understand. Um, but yeah, so, uh, <laughs> oh yeah, I don't know. 
where I should go from here. Well, so it evolved. So you kind of got, you stopped doing jewelry. Now you're basically so, a yeah. content creator. Okay, so if we, yeah. Oh, content creator. <laughs> it hurts the to say, right? of my existence. Yeah. It just feels gross. I hate it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, if we're following the career explanation real quick, because personal explanation is a whole different thing. Career explanation, I... Um, was doing jewelry online, doing really, really well. Yeah. However, it's still art sure. and you just like, you know, you just ain't getting rich quick no. and I like me some money. <laughs> so, you know, my non-capitalist, so, right. <laughs> and, um, and I had some, like, I'm starting to get like a an abundance of crystals. So I was making crystal jewelry. If nobody has gotten that, um, or not everybody's gotten that. Um, I was getting an abundance of crystals that um, I had bought, but like I didn't want to use in pieces, and just like were like kicking around. So, and I had a lot of them. So rather than like throwing them on this, you know, this Instagram that I had, that was more kind of lifestyle based. Like I was selling clothing. I was making the jewelry, but it was it was less about the crystals and more about the overall aesthetic and feeling of things. Sure. So I didn't want to like bombard people and you know freak them out that I wasn't staying in the box yeah. by just <laughs> posting a whole bunch of just crystals because yeah. people are like, what am I supposed to do with this? Right. They, they don't know. So I created a separate page. So my my other page was organic punk, and I created organic punk rocks. and um i started to like be like okay i'm gonna like post all these extra crystals on that page you know if anybody wants to come over there it's just interested in that well that's when things went crazy that blew up like fucking oh just batshit and i started doing live sales because it was too much to just like post on your feed it was just like flying out of there Yeah. so yeah the live sale feature had started up like that was right when the live i was like one of the first people with crystals that was doing live sales. And um, that went from me kind of doing it as a side thing to literally two months later, it just taking over everything. Wow. I started to not do jewelry anymore just because the demand was so intense with yeah. just the crystals. And it was making like really good money at that because okay. there's no labor time involved. Right. And, and you stuff. get your own crystals for the most part. And I, I source everything by hand yeah. all like, over you the world. Touch them all. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and then it got to the point where Ronnie quit his job. Um, and we were just going hardcore on, on this and that still to this day is what we are doing for a living now. I still do jewelry every once in a while. I have a amazing clientele of jewelry. Hello, jewelry people. <laughs> I say you um, commission all of stuff, my or? organic punks. I don't anymore. Okay. I did way back like in the Nashville and early yeah, yeah. LA days. I, I did do a little bit and I would loan pieces out like in LA I would loan pieces out for photo shoots and stuff my stuff oh, was nice. documented and some neat stuff so there were some cool things like that I don't really give a fuck about that stuff yeah. though <laughs> so I like whatever it's, a, it's cool um, but like oh, sure whatever. it's cool but it's not like you know it's fluff <laughs> yeah and it's all you know the who's who crap well, that's, um, like, that's what I was saying they're looking at a portfolio but who the fuck do you have a portfolio for yeah right yeah it's weird <laughs> 
Um, so, uh, um, so yeah, I still do jewelry and actually, which, um, if we get time here, I don't, I don't know. I have time. I just don't know where we're at here. Um, <laughs> when we moved to Mexico full time, which we're in the process of doing, I'm going to start, um, reinvigorating the jewelry part of things because I can spend time on that there and ship that out. Yeah. Um, and what our business is actually going to look like now, which is how it's been since April, is I basically travel to gem shows um, all over the world and source my crystals. And then we have a home base in Tucson now, warehouse, and we do sales with that inventory from those shows. And then once those sales are done and the inventory is gone, then we up and leave. And in this exact moment, that's where we just came from. So we up and left to come here to spend a month in fabulous Illinois (laughs) until we go to the next show, which will be in Denver. And the one that I just came from was a show in France in June that we just sold everything off. Where do they hold it in France? Oh my God, the most magical little like fairy tale like yeah. village. Um, Saint Marie. It's in the Alsace region. Right. I've only been to Paris, and but I've loved France. <laughs> yeah, I, I love it. It's, it's a really, really cool place. Um, this is my third time going to this show in particular. And uh, yeah, I, I try to go every year, but COVID, you know. Through right. a through a yeah. big old wrench nice in that. Wrench. So yeah. you guys have you said you have a warehouse in Arizona. Yes. So when you're out there, you're just having everything shipped there. Or yeah. Are you so it, it will there? no. We ship pallets. Okay. So somebody's running your warehouse. No, we do everything. So as our business, while we were in LA, as our business grew, I am trying like you know it's growing like crazy, and simultaneously I'm trying to figure out what I want to do with, like, what am I doing with this? Right. <laughs> like, I mean, I had no idea. Like, it was just total curveball. I still am, like, so weirded out by it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, I do what for a living? <laughs> this is fucking weird. <laughs> um, I, yeah, so I, I analyzed things as they grew and talked, all, you know, had a lot of conversations about do we want to get employees do we want to get a, you know, physical space? And ultimately we decided to keep it just us. Um, and we basically like, um, just really, really honed in on our, um, all the efficiency of it, got it at running as tight and as smooth as possible to get our physical labor times down with it and to make the most money, you know, with the time and just, really worked on that and just got it to be a really well-oiled machine. We just fucking worked like fucking crazy over the last, that's been eight years oh, Wow, yeah, that's since, amazing. since we started doing that. Yeah. Full time, like crazy. Um, and then, uh, and then, yeah, things started to shift from there into what we are now. But yeah, so that was the business side of things of how things have kind of went. And then on the personal side of things in L.A., um, so weird. Um, L.A. was very, very, very weird situation. 
and I don't know how a lot of it happened, but I, I'm not particularly sociable, <laughs> and I definitely don't try to put myself into situations with, you know, any type of celebrities or musicians. I don't give a fuck. Like, yeah. we had this conversation, right, I think that was before we started recording, about how, yeah, when we were talking about, like, the intentions of this yeah. podcast, and mm-hmm. it is to say... Fuck these fucking celebrities right. and idols There's and all of this. So there, close to you. there you go. There's incredible <laughs> people close to you. Yeah. And I'm like such a huge believer in that. Also a believer in tooting your own horn and yeah. feeling proud about who you are and all of those things. Um, yeah, celebrities are overrated. So I definitely don't hold weight to that. And maybe that is why. I sort of got into some of the situations (laughs) that I did and had some of the friends that I've had because they could feel that I didn't think anything of them. Right. I don't know. But yeah, I had some really, really great experiences, some surreal shit. I met a lot of people who you could call idols musically, you know. Tim Armstrong, you know. Yeah, love Tim. Fred Durst. I fucking love Fred Durst. (laughs) (laughs) That might be a guilty pleasure. Unpopular (laughs) opinion. Yes, I love Fred. We all loved him at one time. (laughs) (laughs) I still love him. Um, Yeah, just I mean, endless, endless people that were were you know interesting to you know be around and. Um, I made some great actual friends, um, but ultimately, um, being around in the music scene in LA was a learning experience. Not that I needed to learn that they are not, you know, special people or whatever. I already knew that. Um, it was more so, and, and this... I don't know, this is cynical, and maybe a Debbie Downer, but the music industry is such a farce. Like, it's bullshit. It is just gaslighting garbage. And unfortunately, that was something that, you know, you kind of, you know, have the, you know, you could sit and say, oh, yeah, you know, it's just a bunch of gaslighting garbage. But no, like, when you're, like, seeing it like in person and you're seeing what these people are doing and i'm not talking about people that are trying to make it i'm talking about people that are like have made it like people that are big yeah and you're looking at their behavior and it's vomit inducing to me um because it's it's fake to a certain degree And not, you know, of course, there's exceptions to this rule, but a lot of it is super fucking fake and it is gaslighting and it's extreme gaslighting. And they do it so intensely because if they were to admit that they were gaslighting somebody, they'd have to like, you know, for its acceptance and it's, it's... You know, I think so many people in general, but I think a lot of times people that uh, try to become somebody, you know, I'm using air quotes here, um, 
you know, they maybe have self-esteem problems. Sure. Um, or, you know, they're trying to be validated, which isn't a bad, you know, being validated isn't a bad thing. I'm right. not saying that. Yeah. But, you know, once you kind of just start searching and searching and searching and, and fiending for it, they, yeah. you become addicted to the right. validation. Well, there's a difference between a healthy, like we were just talking about with your endometriosis. That yes. was a healthy validation. Yes. yes. It, it doesn't, it's not something that you hang your hat on or anything like that. It's something you knew and somebody was finally like, yeah. It's different when you start talking about the realm of popularity uh, or gathering fame and stuff for yes. it's like, okay, now you're almost like some succubus. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And I can see that, you know, you want that validation and then you finally get it. All of that kosher. Yes. A plus and behind it. But then it becomes an addiction and right. they have to constantly get fed that. They can't be, like, they can't be alone. They can't be by yeah. themselves. Well, that's the ego, They right? have to, yeah. And it has to constantly be refilled yes. yeah. because you can't. And at that point, you can't sit alone with your thoughts because then you start being like, I'm a bullshit. I don't belong here. This yep. shouldn't have happened. Yeah. That's why I'm always like, you're not anything. You're never going to be anything. And I don't mean that in a negative way. It's just that no matter where I go, I'll have that mentality of just being a normal guy like there's some stars like i can look at i have no idea but like when i look at a keanu reeves or a brendan fraser and i'm like these are level-headed dudes that just seem cool do i know don't know right i wouldn't want to know to be honest yeah but they just they seem like they could give a fuck less about the hollywood thing and they just want to do their thing yeah and that's awesome but everybody else wants to smother yeah. on farts yeah i mean there's a few people that of course that are genuine or love yeah. love the art for the art yeah. absolutely but, oh man the mass majority it's like jaw-dropping yeah. i mean even like people that yeah you would think would be grounded you're like oh well okay then you know um so i personally think knowledge is power any type of knowledge is power yeah. um you know, even the ones that it's really, really, really hard to digest. It's still, I, I would always rather know. Always. Yeah. Always, 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 no matter how hard it is to see or face it, I want to know. So I think that, I mean, it was a really valuable experience for me. And I was happy to see it for what it is. Um, was that a catalyst to kind of get out of there? Or was it just time um, to go in general? It was not a catalyst because, I mean, that wasn't like, oh, yeah. And I think it's funny, too, because Ronnie, the musician, <laughs> yeah. he he could have cared less about any of it. Right. Like he's I mean, at this point, Ronnie is like sitting in his jam room and making noises out of like, I don't know, like a toothpick and a spring, right. you know, yeah. like he's like truly like in his little yeah. like artistic musical realm. And realm, 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 and <laughs> all the words that you realize that you're not sure if you're saying have said correctly your whole life. Um, and I am like more of a social being and more so I just, I love to witness life, you know? Yeah. So I'm always like, you know, why not try? Like, right. let's, let's just, yeah, go for it. Let's do that. Yeah. That invitation. Sure doesn't matter what it is i'm going for it so you know he was like he could have cared less about any of it and i don't remember my point of bringing this up 
But, um, but yeah, so, I mean, it wasn't either of our, like, the whole music scene thing was not either of our purposes for being there. Yeah. I mean, it was, like, on the flip side, don't get me wrong. I mean, it was fucking cool. Like, some of yeah. the experiences it was a great adventure. that I had right. was just really amazing. And I also, I have made some great, long-lasting friends um, that have, you know, most, most, like I said, most of those people, if you're not in front of them and if you're not, you know, boosting them up or doing something for them, right. the minute that you walk away, you will be forgotten. Sure. You know, and I get that. They're there to do their job right. and that's yeah. keeping themselves well, relevant. Right. And, well, and they're and living in there now. Yes, and you're, absolutely. you're now is something Yes. Else. So, you know, no judgment, but it's just totally the way that it is. Um, but yeah, I have continued to have some really, really great long-lasting friends, which is very heartwarming because you know firsthand experience what they could be doing yeah. instead of continuing on a relationship with little old me who right. isn't having anything to do with a lot of that now. Of yeah, essentially, yeah, they're getting nothing out of it yeah. anymore. So that's really cool. And also another great lesson in silver lining that there is good out there, there Tim. Go. See, we're going to turn you into an yes. optimist. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, so that, yeah. So the reason that we finally left, um, first of all, I will always leave. I love leaving. <laughs> I love moving on. Yeah. It doesn't matter if where I am is the most perfect place and thing. Right. I will still leave. But it doesn't sound like you're looking for for somewhere perfect to like plant roots and like stay in you're looking to experience the place for a while and then experience absolutely the next one. yes that's me yeah. so i like it was time to to leave there and simultaneously you there for 10 years um we were in southern california all together for eight years okay so it was a long time yeah and we just moved just this last april so this is yeah, fresh that's right but we moved from LA um in COVID happened in 2020 somewhere yeah yeah so March 2020 yeah. I think we moved from LA in July of 2020 so um the yeah the overall just like it being time for something different and things started to go sideways in LA okay. and it started to get fucking real crazy um there started to be a lot of like increase in violence and riots and the whole George Floyd thing happened and you know where we live I mean there's you know storefronts and everything right, right there of mom and pop businesses who are you know getting their fucking shit you know broken into and yeah. yeah like I mean it was like getting to be ridiculous and we're like no we're we're tired we're not <laughs> We don't want to be gangsters anymore. We're middle-aged now. <laughs> so we moved down to um, San Diego in the mountains. And for three-something uh, years, uh, we lived on a six-acre avocado farm. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the most magical house um, with this the beautiful in-ground pool across the back. <laughs> Huge house. 3,500 square foot house. It was amazing. Still only 35 minutes from the coast. Um, yeah, it was awesome. 
And then I did what I do, and I said, oh, I think it's time to go. <laughs> and Ronnie wanted to murder me. I'll bet. Because he probably could have stayed there forever. He yeah. loved it. Buddy loved it. Um, but yeah, so pre-COVID, we were actually planning on leaving LA and moving to Europe. Oh. Uh, we were going to move to south of Spain, like right on the Mediterranean. And I was going to shift my business into, um, doing like, there's like a whole bunch of like different gem shows in yeah. Spain. And we were going to do... Like you feel you um, can kind of take that anywhere? Yeah. I mean, there's extent. definitely places that are more um, prolific for, yeah. you know, conducive to having um, jump shows or whatever. But you still, you can. You can take it anywhere. Um, so, yeah, we were going to do, like, the whole European gem show circuit and then oh, pop off to the show in Jap Japan or whatever and it was going to be amazing and experience living in Europe for a while um and then when covid happened and borders started to get shut down restrictions started to happen and this is the point where this some people may consider this to turn into a political conversation we'll try to steer um, it away from it. however i don't <laughs> think that it necessarily is i don't know it never like you could talk about all of these things before and it was never political sure. but suddenly it has definitely gotten political and that's weird back to what we mentioned earlier about people identifying themselves as an idea instead of having a personality in their own thoughts amen yeah. <laughs> yep so um i'm you know as i mentioned i am an anarchist sure um I'm an actual anarchist. That means I do not vote. Yep. I do not believe in the governmental system. I do understand all the technicalities of, sure. you know, the local, you know, voting, all of that. I get it. Um, yada, 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 yada. But um, I just, you know, all of that. And I do not do what people tell me to do mm. unless it's something that I already wanted to do. <laughs> right. And um, one of the things that I did not do, and I have never done, is take a vaccine. So I opted out. And um, like I said, with the border restrictions and um, all of the all kinds of restrictions that that created for me, yeah. I started to be like, oh, fuck. Right. Like, I need to start shaping my life and my business so that I can continue to do what the fuck I want to do as much as possible and not be restricted by the government or whatnot. Right. So that's when we decided, okay, can't move to Europe because if we, you know, are living in Spain and they close the borders, right. I can't fucking buy no fucking crystals. <laughs> yeah. So, um, we nixed that idea and then we started to explore other options and that included everything from moving to other areas of the United States, blah, 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 <laughs> yuck, um, to, you know, other countries. Yeah. So also, just to, sorry, just to yeah. touch on what you said too is because I, I, I want to mention it just because like my opinion is garbage anyway, but everybody has to make their own decision right 
which is fine. I am also against those things. Uh, I don't like the. I do think somebody has. There needs to be some sort of structure in place that has because some people need to be taken care of. And if you if you, if we're as a people willing to take care of those people as well, with no problem. Right. And you taking some of your money and me taking some of my money and giving it to these people that don't have money so they can have money too that actually need that help, that's different. But otherwise, there has to be some structure that yeah. takes care of people that need help when they need help. Yes. And to me, that's different than a government as it currently exists. Yes. Because the problem I have is lifelong politicians, uh, no term limits, and anybody being able to hand them money and be ha- and now you have to just have favors in your back pocket right like that's it's a broken system so i wouldn't say that my goal what i would love to see not my goal of not doing anything <laughs> but what I would love don't to get see, me wrong there's no action being taken here <laughs> yeah what i would love to see is the whole system fall apart to dust and be rebuilt yeah now that in a country this big that would throw chaos for a hundred years. Yes. But eventually it would be better. Hopefully. Pre- presumably. Yes. But right now, even like we've like I mentioned a dozen times, we're in the infancy of change because there are we're starting to see these younger politicians that are smarter, that make more sense. They're still stuck in this game, but they're eventually they're gonna change the rules. And we're like even we see somebody like Bernie Sanders, like Here's a guy, is he problematic? Sure. But does he have better ideas? Yes. Is he way ahead of everybody Better else? than the bad. That's what I mean. It's like, <laughs> Lewis Black said it the best. When he's like, you've got a party with no ideas and a party with bad ideas. <laughs> like, you can just interchange oh, those however you want. But I didn't want to get the vaccine. Either. I did it only because my mom asked me to because she felt unsafe. And I'm not going to argue with my mom. It's my mom. So, but I told her when it happened, I'm like, here's what's going to happen. In six months, they're going to tell you you need another fucking shot. And then in six months, you're going to need another fucking shot. And at the end of the day, all of it's going to tie into a flu shot that I've never gotten in my life because I don't want one. And sure enough, I did the first two because she asked me to. And I was like, okay. And then when that third one, she was, you got to get your third shot. I'm like, nope, this is where I draw the line. I told you this is going to happen. And I'm not fucking doing it. Also, I did your fucking thing, and I've gotten COVID twice. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, I'm not playing anymore. I don't clone. care enough about it to, like, want to argue anything. Yeah. Because to me, the whole thing is broken. Yeah. Yep. Like, so, I'd rather argue about ways to fix things. And I also do think that certain things that we politicize are not political arguments 100 percent. when you're keeping kids in cages and separating families that's not a political idea that we have to argue about no that's wrong it's i'm not humanitarian yeah it's moral issue. horrible yeah like we need to argue about where should we spend the budget exactly <laughs> that's yeah. political stuff yeah so sorry i just wanted to no, throw I... that out there because i do agree with you I, we might get there a little differently but yeah. we're on the same page yeah so good. Now you're making. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm. That's good. We need to. We need to say these things, <laughs> right. you know. Like, come on, like really, like we're like tiptoeing around this shit, you know. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Because I don't. I've never voted either. I, I've I've never believed in somebody. There's people that I hope win, but one of the things that breaks my heart is 
I'm a middle-aged white man. I'm gonna be fine. And I think that that fucking sucks, but that's the reality that I live in at the moment. I wish it was different, and maybe one day it will be, but I have not seen anything that's come along where I'm like, this is going to shake it up, this is going to change it, this is going to make it better for somebody else. Yeah. To me, it's garbage in, garbage out. Yeah. Yep. Oh. I know it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, it is insane. I don't know how we've gotten to this point of crap. <laughs> because we're but, talkers yeah. and we had, we just wanted to... <laughs> no, I don't mean us. I oh. mean all of them, Tim. Oh, okay, yeah. All of them. It is them. For everybody that can't see us right now, I'm waving my yeah. finger around like a mad woman. The miming does well on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you guys don't know that I'm waving my finger around? I can Gotta hear it in your voice. <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah. It's just, yeah, the movement that goes along with that voice. So, Hello. So after deciding, all right, Europe's probably out, you guys yeah. eventually settle on Mexico. We settle on Mexico. <laughs> so the reasons for that is... A, I mean, well, first of all, we might just all be fucked anyways. You know, might, probably, right. I don't know. According to Tim and his optimism, <laughs> we're not going to be fucked. Everything is going to go in the up yes. and up. Even with that um, optimism, we're only one bad day away from all being dead. Yes. That's what fucks me up, not for nothing. If the sun hiccups wrong, we're gone. Yeah. And all of this has been pointless oh, anyways. Man, yeah. So it always makes me laugh when we argue about this stuff like it's real. Yeah. Like, this, I know. This, the universe is yeah. way more than what we're doing. Oh, yeah. Or yes. <laughs> so, yeah, the reasons, yeah, we had to be as analytical about it as possible and our ideas were based on history through covid you could always throughout the whole damn thing drive across that border without yeah. being vaccinated right so um that was a big deal for me for two reasons family sure. and um for work I could continue to come back here and do my sourcing and selling and then, you know, tally-ho back to Mexico. So that was pretty much the biggest reasons. Yeah. Um, was the accessibility factor. Um, other reason was, obviously, it's cheaper to live in Mexico well, than a lot land, of right? other places. So third reason, and that I'll, we'll yeah. tie into that here, statement there. Um, was um, self-sustainability, self-responsibility, uh, two of the most important things to me, along with money, because money can equal freedom, sure. as does those other two things. Freedom is my single most favorite thing in the entire world. Yeah. Um, it is what is most important to me. It is why I am self-employed. And almost every decision that I have made in my life has been based around the question of, will this guide me, will this choice that I'm making right now guide me to having more freedom or less? And I'm, I'm to that more. I'm going more, more, more. <laughs> right. And um, uh so especially with everything happening over the last few years and the 
governments trying to take away, you know, certain rights and, you know, all this. I mean, they're trying to make gardening illegal and, you know, all this. Can't gather rainwater. Yeah, Yeah. crazy ass shit. Mexico is a rebel. Yeah. You know, and it's a rebel in bad ways. Sure. But it is a rebel in good ways. And, oh, I wish that I had that meme. Um, I'll try to look for it while I'm talking here because it's amazing and i say when people ask me like oh my god why mexico i'm like this this right here and i probably am not going to be able to find it i also have two phones i have a personal phone and a work phone and unfortunately they do not stay separated they've just (laughs) both become everything phones so yeah good luck finding something but it basically says like in mexico you're on your own like i mean it's it's a fun little meme about that um, you are responsible for yourself in all the good ways and in all of the, what some may pe- people may think bad ways. Sure. And I would much rather take that gamble than have the government's thumbprint on me. Like yeah. it tends to be increasingly in the U S right. and Europe for that matter and Canada and Australia. Um, so, um, we ended up finding a community, a development that is pitched as like eco-friendly, self-sustainable, off-grid, um, basically made up of alternative-minded people. However, they have a bit of like when you when I say off-grid, I do not mean that it is going to be a bunch of like hippies and tents and shit. Like yeah. no, like, like these people in Alaska or. Yeah, it's, it's luxury homes. I yeah. mean, it's anything and everything that you would want and can get in the U.S. It's just created um, to be able to be off-grid. Right. So we and will mindful. be... Yeah, and all, yeah. all of those, yeah, those wonderful, you know, attributes that you hope that, you know, people are going to have yeah. um, are also kind of, you know, pitched... There, there, yeah. Oh my God. It's like, it's such an interesting place. So we are currently building our house should be finished, um, next month or October at the latest, hopefully not. Now you have, you're having the house built or are you doing this? Um, so much of your story is you two doing this. We are not hammering nails. Okay, they're no, having some building. Absolutely building. not. Yeah. I want it to exist. Were you involved in the blueprinting or? Did oh God, it... yeah. Okay. Oh my God. You designed the house. My Virgo extent. was kicking it hardcore. <laughs> I'm sure that's um, what the builders say. Is like this Virgo. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I never thought that I would be building a house, and actually, if things the world wasn't going the direction that it was i will forever happily be a renter because i like to not have strings Um, i've been getting an argument with friends of mine because i also i bought a house a while back mm -hmm. and after two and a half years sold it and i'm like i would i would rather rent than own i just whatever you want to do fine but i'd rather rent. well you know and the idea of the american dream is just not the same anymore like the logistics of things are not working the same it so it used to be a shoe end. Multiple cr- housing crashes. Yeah. And people are still like, it's still a good investment. Like, I, I yeah. guess. Until it can, it's not. <laughs> it, yeah, exactly. It can be. Yeah. If you get lucky or have fucking a crystal ball or whatever. 
But yeah, I mean, there are definitely people that can make money off of. I mean, I hope that I make money off of this Mexico house someday. But, <laughs> but I'm not betting on it. I'm just yeah. purely. It's for us to be able to be like, this is where we can grow, go, um, have a good amount of control over right. ourselves and our property, um, and be able to exist no matter what is going on elsewhere right that's the hope you know um and you know anything can happen but that this place should be able to provide that for us um but yeah so the development team is amazing like they provided um basic blueprints that you could literally be like yeah just you know build that right. and they've done all the due diligence on their teams and everything they they do all of that. You pay for that. Sure. Um, but I will gladly pay for that because I don't have the time or energy to like be like on the ground in Mexico trying to find. Do you, you mind know. disclosing just for shits and grins how much is that costing to build that house? Okay, so um, so let me describe a little bit about it to give you a context of what you would get for the money. Okay. So again, basic blueprints to start with, but they're basic blueprints are really fucking cool. Yeah. Like we're talking like a garden inside the house that you can like put a tree in, like and shit, like inside vaulted ceilings. Ooh, so yeah, like it, cool. it's yeah, they're luxury to start with. Yeah. Um, but fully customizable. I'm talking. You can take rooms away. You can add rooms. You can move rooms around. I mean, yeah. it's almost like you're starting from scratch. So you have the ability to do all of that, and they will execute it for you. Um, along with that, totally fucking modern, which is my dream. Like if I could literally like live in some crazy like concrete abstract like minimalist <laughs> shit like that's yeah. what i love um so that the lots are small that is a downfall ronnie and i just came off of living on six acres we're yeah, having man. neighbor panic attacks like full on <laughs> um but whatever it is what it is we're all supposed to be a community right um, it will definitely get a like fuck off mat for my front door. <laughs> um, You're gonna be the one. Like they one talk of the about. <laughs> the ha- I know right? one of the Halloween ones where you step on it and it screams at you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, like total modern, like really really nice, like finishes, like quartz countertops that are black, pool, um, all kinds of cool shit like that. Plus, you get, like, some landscaping, you get 10 fruit trees, um, and then there's the amenities of the place, which is going to eventually be, like, a, like, in the States, like, subdivision would be, like, a clubhouse type thing, but we're going to have, um, like, uh, spaces in there for, like, holistic practitioners to come in. Um, eventually, like in the far, far future, they want to open it up to like being a treatment center for like holistic, like cancer treatments or something like, and they're going to have like a few hotel rooms type things in that clubhouse for people to be able to come and do, stay and do long term, like healing, sort of like a healing retreat. So eventually it will morph into that as well. Um, and then there's like community orchards and gardens and ponds fully stocked with tilapia with the intention to be for us to eat yeah um the world goes to shit we can exist on everything that's there right um so all that is kind of like 
and, and more is is in place um for us but like um i don't even know how many square foot our houses ended up being so i can't like toss that number out but two bedroom you know the you know living room kitchen dining room two bathrooms uh basement which is gonna be ronnie's jam room um multiple outdoor living areas um and two parcels of land looking at like 400,000 USD. Wow. So I'm still it's getting a shitload though. Something that in the states of course depending on where you're at like I mean in yeah. California that would be a that would be a 3 million dollar house. Right. Um Oh, hey, Even here, you're—I mean, oh, three hundred thousand for like a single-family home. Yeah. Wow. Like, I'm out of touch with that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I could crazy. be making stuff up. Who knows? I'm just some dickhead yeah. who said something. <laughs> <laughs> but it sounded right. But no, I mean, it's definitely cheaper. However, the exchange rate has um, the gap is closing. Yeah. But still, I mean, and then the living costs are just significantly less. Like, I go to, so we went, when we moved from California in April, we went straight to, um, well, we, we first, we moved our business to Tucson, yeah. set up our warehouse there, and then we moved ourselves to, to Mexico. And we were in Mexico from April until I went to France in June, and then we finally came to, back to Tucson in july last month um so yeah we were there during that time uh working on the house like doing all the in-person things and like getting life stuff right um and living you know we we're just living we we're living in the town that is outside of where our house will be and well i guess where our house is outside of the town <laughs> and like going to like the farmer's market everything's organic by default sure and different regulations and rules also they don't have monsanto doesn't exist now. yeah well you know it's funny because it does but they ship it to the u.s I mean, well that I meant yeah america you know this, um, this world is hilarious it's upside down backwards yeah um but yeah like i will get like four bags of produce and we're talking like a big like pint of blueberries like a big bag of mangoes, like expensive stuff. Right. Like a big package of sprouts, like sprouted yeah. alfalfa seeds. Um, and it's sixteen dollars. Right. Four huge bags. Like we're talking like, you know, the reusable like tote bags, yeah. you know. All organic. I mean it's it's amazing. So, um, so yeah, essentially we can live on less, which is my smarter not harder thinking when i started like i said to think about freedom yeah um you know what will afford me to have more freedom and that means freedom away from work as shit. well yeah. um shit hits the fan economy is worsening people start cutting out hobbies right which includes crystal collecting yeah um and you know i ain't going and working for somebody so we have been diligent about saving. You know, we bought our house. It's completely paid for with cash. We do not have any sort of loan or mortgage down there. 
and I can buy beans and legumes and whatever by bulk dried stuff and grow the mass majority of our stuff. Anything else, we go to the farmer's market, $16 for like enough for two weeks for vegetarian, as much as vegetarians eat. Yeah. Um, and sustain, you know? It's insane to hear about. That's like, it's the incredible. plan. Like, that's awesome. <laughs> I was about to say like, and what? fuck everything else. I was about to get into like, all right, what's next? And you kind of basically just hit it Sorry, right there. Sorry, I just No, no, no that's good. You knew it was coming. <laughs> Because that's uh, but I gotta think too. Like thinking, first off, what's on the horizon is incredible. Uh, you've had an incredible story already, like and been all over the world and done amazing things uh, and continue to do amazing things. What do you think? What are you eyeballing past Mexico? Oh God! I know you've got at least an idea. You know, um, <laughs> it's weird because I kind of don't know. Um, it's it's largely dependent upon the world what happens and maybe not even living like just like what would your next trip be like if you're like i'm gonna go spend three months here well the thing is is i with work and this is part of my freedom thing um is i have created a career to where i can travel to all of these destinations for work right, aka on the works dollar yeah so this is by design. And then write so that all off. <laughs> you write it all off. Yeah. And it all it all evaporates yeah. because our income is high enough to be able to completely erase it. Yeah. So I do create which can be very irritating. I create most of our, our my our travels around the work travels because right. it just fucking makes sense. It does. I mean it's kind of nauseating now to go and do like here right now. I'm like, there ain't no gem show around this bitch I can, like, tie in so I can write this month off. Yeah. You know? Like, it's irritating to, like, travel and know that, like, you're paying out of pocket, you know? Yeah. Um, so, but we still haven't been to, like, Japan. Yeah, I always um, wanted to go to Japan. So, we'd like to go to the gem show there. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I, I literally would go anywhere and do anything. Yeah. Um... What haven't I done that I would really want to do? The problem is you spent forty some years doing whatever you wanted. <laughs> I did do all. I mean, I did do a lot of what I wanted. I definitely did. <laughs> um, and I have traveled a lot, um, but like I said, I mean, I just would. I always want to visit everywhere. Yeah, there's so much amazing um, culture out there, like. It's it's awesome when you can go and just uh, immerse yourself in it. It's so powerful, and it should be like uh, like mandated like mandated to like. Well, we won't want that since government overreach. <laughs> but but you know, it's like there should definitely like some countries like they do they like promote you know after yeah. you know you get out of high school you go and you do your traveling you right. know um, because it's. It's so important. Through COVID was especially mind-blowing and a great example of this. So you're sitting in the U.S., California, Southern California, you know, mind you, one of the worst, well, depending on how you look at it, sure. some people might have been like, I'm in the safest place. Yeah. Um, I'm, like, yeah, I'm in the worst place. <laughs> right. So. Yeah. Um, so for me, that's better. It's more appropriate for me. It was like one of the worst places to be 
because the control and fear mongering was so strong. Yeah. I never stopped traveling during COVID. It was actually sure. pretty amazing because, yeah. um, you know, you got to just like half empty flights. So yeah, they probably got so cheap and were so empty. Yeah, it was great. But I, tra- you know, I had limitations with going out of, out of the country. But yeah. within the country, I fucking traveled like crazy. And even within the country, the difference in reactions mindsets everything was so powerful to see and it was very important and i wish that everybody could have experienced that because i go from being in california everybody's terrified you know everybody like you know the you know wearing a mask in their car by themselves type of idea yeah um you know it's just people are terrified the government is just putting the terrifiedness in people yeah, just fuel in the fire <laughs> i mean it was intense in california yeah. and you go and you travel to other places and not even like red states i mean i did go to both florida and texas yeah during that time i think i was went to florida three times during those two years because <laughs> my nephew was living there um but like i went to uh, you know blue states as well and people were just like existing yeah purely just they were existing it blew my mind going about that, life because out here in the suburbs nothing changed but like out at uh my tattoo artist is in chicago and i would go to chicago and chicago was like a ghost yeah. town and i'm like this is because you think of the opposite like this big town is not going to shut down yeah. But instead, the big town was like, we're inside, yes. and we're terrified, and the rest of us around Chicago are like, we've got shit to do. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah, that close, yeah, to have that difference. Yeah. Is, like, in, in L.A., it was, L.A. is how you're saying Chicago was, and then, of course, you literally travel to Orange County, which yeah. is adjoining and it's just like nothing, nothing. No, yeah. nobody's or people are trying not to to worry about it at least. <laughs> um, There's still a lot of the governmental stuff, but the yeah. people were like, whatever, fuck it. And it's like, so it's, but that is obviously an inflated, um, you know, example. Sure. But just the traveling to so many different other countries and experiencing them, their cultures, and then letting it just like seep into your own life and making your own life and your own self for that matter, who you want to be, you know, you're not just being the person that, you know, Oswego imposed upon you, right. you know, you're saying, Oh, you know what? I really enjoy that point of view that, you know, fucking people of Italy have, yeah. you know, that, hobby sort of what's the word i'm looking for like i don't know you know what i'm saying like just the different different tiny things and different large things and being like you know what i want to think a little bit more like that mindset just to acknowledge that there's other mindsets out there yeah i feel like it would be very healthy for a lot of yeah people that don't leave their their block yeah (laughs) their whole lives and I feel like people are like, oh, of course, that, that you know, people live differently and whatever. Sure. It's like, but no, like, you have to, like, let that shit, like, you know, permeate yeah. a- into you and, like, really understand it. Yeah. In the depths of yourself, like, and, and it, it 
it creates, I feel like, so many more possibilities. Yeah. You know, it just opens up different thought processes I and lines that you just otherwise would Plus, not I'm, a, I'm a big really... proponent, too, of, like, when I travel, I'm not really interested in, in touristy stuff. Yeah. Like, when I went to Germany, I was, like, my friends that live there are like, oh, we'll take you to this and this and this. And I'm like, I don't care. Yeah. I can see all that online. Like, right. that's cool. Like, it was cool to see the stuff in Paris. Like, that was the first time I had, like, a genuine, like, emotional reaction to seeing stereotypical things. Right. But, yeah. like, in Germany, it was just like, no, let's just live, like, what you guys would do. Yeah. And I just want to hang out streets. and be part of that. Yeah, just walk the streets, go yeah. to the bars, like, whatever it is, like, yeah. let's just get into that. Yep. And I feel like I had the best time just doing that. But I think you're right, like, we need to stay focused on being who we are allowing ourselves to even grow to be who we want to be and stop living in this idea of who society wants us to be yeah 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 i feel like we're, i feel like we're good i feel like we came to the end did we really i think i feel how many how long did we just talk for two and a half hours okay. which is absurd yeah is it? <laughs> but i feel like it took like we just got to the end of the story Gosh. i think that it's been amazing and I feel like that's as positive of a note as we're going to get from your cynical self. <laughs> hey, now. <laughs> I do think that you're secretly optimistic. But... I don't know. I but don't you're know what re- I Well, you're realistic. Because you see where we are. Definitely. And realistic. I'm looking at where we're going. That's not, To me, that's like the only I difference. look at where we're going, too. But the problem is, is I think where we're going is a fucking shit show. <laughs> yeah. I think you have to wade through a shit I show. I hope it's not. Yeah. Because I really love my freedom. Yeah. I hope it's not. I hope well, it's not. I hope it's not. The idea of, well, you probably have more freedom leaving America. Right now, oh, at you're least, yes. Du- dual citizenship then, right? Oh, yes. Absolutely. But yeah, so we have, one of the things that we did in this April to July time frame was we got our residency visas. Nice. So we are official residents of Mexico, which basically means we can go there and not have to leave if we don't want to, which is oh, freedom. Yeah, that feels That's good. power. Yeah, so that is amazing and was very, very important to me. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, like, I don't know. I don't remember where I was going with that. So. It was, <laughs> just, that was it, I think. Just that it's awesome. Dual citizenship, being able to kind of come and go. Yeah. Uh, yeah that's great. It's Look. been an interesting life um, from being so secluded and... Yeah. The little us we go countryside and uh, I definitely have done like when they say like would your childhood self be proud yeah. yes I would be like oh yeah hell yeah <laughs> you know I think that I would get a little devilish twinkle in my eye if I yeah. knew you know that's actually I want to end there because that's an incredibly powerful thing you just said that like it, like it just came and went so fast, but that your childhood self would be proud of where you are and what you've done. Yeah, it's fucking beautiful. Like, yeah. thank you so much. And I d- actually do want to. I started with the hijack, and I'll end oh, with good. the hijack. Oh, great! Fuck me, right? Because that's what. <laughs> no, please. <laughs> no, that then you can do your thing. Okay, then. great. No, um, I would like to take this opportunity <laughs> since I feel like so many of, um. 
you know, what I would consider, air quote, my old friends, not that they're not current friends, but they're definitely my old friends, um, are, you know, may listen to this, or they may not, because they're like, oh, fuck that bitch. I, I, I name them all <laughs> the person, so they'll be like, please, right here, gross. <laughs> Actually, I have a, well, yeah, I guess it doesn't matter. Nothing. Um, side note, never mind. Um, uh, yeah. Um, you know, I, I talked a little bit about how I was definitely the weirdo reject, like, you know, child, um, growing up feeling different from everybody. And, um, there obviously came a point in time to where I found you group of people yeah. and, um, I really appreciate all of you. You know, I was a little bit older and I think that I gravitated away from people my age because, oh my God, my, my age people and us, we go, were fucked up. Yeah. Like they were like crazy. Yeah. Like, you know, like, it's one or two years <laughs> under you is where they started getting great. Yeah, so it's like when I stumbled, I don't know how, uh, upon, like, your circle of people, um, you guys were, you guys were a little hippie for me, I have to admit, um, but it was good for me, and I liked it, because you guys were kind, um, you did good things, we partied, but it wasn't abusive, it wasn't totally... Um, uh, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't bad, you know, it was good fun partying and, um, everybody for the most part was very accepting of me and I just really appreciate that. And even though I don't maintain contact with a lot of people, um, I still think about a lot of people and I definitely still value the friendships and love and acceptance and, uh, so much warm and fuzzy situations and yeah. conversations and memories. So, so to everybody, you know, that may listen to this, thank you. I appreciate you all. And that includes you too, Tim. Thanks. Yeah, that's awesome. This Mike Pass. This <laughs> thanks for having me on my show back. This uh this group is made of love first. You know, everybody had there's little ins and outs and whatever headbutts here and there, but it still maintains that as its focus. And even when you're out, you are still part of the group. Like you can reach out to anybody and it would be amazing. Like yeah. you pick up right where you left off. I'm all, I'm always one of the ones I love when somebody gets out. Like, not in a, in a negative way whatsoever, but when somebody's, like, got their own thing going on, they've got their life, and they're doing their thing, yeah. I'm like, that's my favorite. Yeah. Like, I, I, you know... Yeah, you're not like, fuck them that they're not still coming around. Yeah, no way, man. Around. Like, yeah. I, you know, everybody's older, they've got their family, they've got their kids, their wives, like, doing their own thing, they're around when they can be, or, or they haven't been around for 20 years. They're still part of the family. Like... I mean, and that's the freaky... <laughs> like, I feel like... Your group of people is like, unfortunately, again, my not so optimistic self. I feel like it's like a freak situation. Like everybody is very kind. Like they really are. I mean, I really feel like it is very unique and special. Like, and how we all came from this area. Right. (laughs) And so many people turned out to be the same 
essence, you yeah. know, is really weird. But, <laughs> but, you know, bravo, everybody, bravo. Yeah, that's where the love comes in, because we are all very different. If, if you dig enough, totally. if you dig enough, you'll find stuff where it's like, oh, I didn't know that about you. Yeah. But I, I don't want to get deeper. Right. I just want to be able to love you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll leave it on love. <laughs> and that, and that's it. That was What you said was amazing. Thank you for that. Thank you for letting me come out here. Uh, and thank Ronnie as well. Thank you guys for finding the time. I'm so fucking excited for the next chapter of your guys' life. And done.